Oh, hey, y'all, how about doing a show today? Yeah, join us, why don't you, at robertscottbell.com slash listen. Probably not going out on Facebook again. Why? Don't know. So tell your friends that watch us there, come on over to the website, and we'll get started. Uh, the CDC, what is it admitted now? Why does anybody think they're a legitimate organization to, uh, doing anything other than what their pharmaceutical overlords want them to do? We'll ask the question, we may answer it. There's a question about eye floaters. That's an interesting thing. We'll see if we can investigate that for you. Uh, oh, I like this this light story. I'm just giving you a little bit of heads up. Sleeping at night. I keep saying, make sure the room is dark. I mean, really dark. Or else you're going to get really fat. Oh, I didn't make, it's not me. I'm just saying, <laughs> science is out there. Hey, Ty Bollinger's back on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Going outside the box with him. We'll talk, of course, cancer and other things. And I've got some pictures from the garden. I got a sunset picture I want to show you from, uh, well, last night was the uh, summer solstice. And uh, so we'll do a little bit of informal stuff too. All right, let's get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. I, I, yes, I do want to do a show, but oh, Super Don sent some really good stories as always he does. Yet, as I talk about things like the Centers for Disease Creation and Promotion, CDC, and I think, how does anybody even perceive that there's a shred of legitimacy to that organization? I, I, I think, do I have to keep going back and beat the dead CDC horse to get you to realize that whatever they say, it's garbage and it's dangerous garbage as well. We'll get into that in a moment. But I really want to bring up, actually, I just want to share pictures with you today. <laughs> I, just, I just want to do show and tell, Super Don. Is that so wrong? I suppose not. As long as it's not pictures of you flexing your biceps. Oh, man, we'll be those fine. were the ones I was going to show we'll you. We'll be good. Oh, we got to dump all those then. Super Don, look at your, Super I see your bicep. Come on. No. It's pasty and white. You need I to get have nothing up to get prove. Fun. <laughs> I have nothing to prove. Hey, you know what? I forgot to do. I forgot to turn on the ring light. Uh, so give me a moment and, and start queuing up the pictures and uh, watch Super Don take over the show for about 30 seconds. I'll be right back. Yeah. 30 seconds. Yeah. It takes you 30 seconds to do that. I don't think so. So welcome to the Robert Scotch, Scott Bell, Scotch Bell, the Robert Scotch Bell show. <clears throat> I don't think he's Scottish. He's Jewish. Anyway. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have a good show today. Um, while we're waiting, see, that wasn't 30 seconds, it was um, last night. Yeah, I'm good. What? I just okay. feel so super done. It's like summer solstice happened yesterday. Yeah, the the longest day of the year, summer has officially begun. Now, that didn't mean much to me when I was living in the, the deep south in Florida because it was like summer was a lot longer. Now that it's not as long, and you know what I'm talking about, it's like mm -hmm. that's a big deal, way bigger than I remember it being. And you know, I it's, feel it's really cool. I mean, for me, because, you know, I get up at, at 530 and this mm -hmm. morning I even set my clock back a little bit more and I got up at 515. Yeah. But I, I get up and it's light outside. I'm just like, God, this is like really cool. Now it's not going to be that. I, I can't remember when we have to set the clocks again. Hopefully not but, for a while. But, you know, typically it's you'd think yeah. at 515 in the morning it'd be dark outside, but it's not. But do you feel like in the summertime? like I'm feeling right now, I feel like I just, you know, casual. It's like not as structured, right? The kids aren't doing their school. I know you haven't had kids in school for a while, but yeah, the, the, it just feels like, dude, I'm just like floating on, on through, yeah. floating on by. And, and yet here we are, we're sticking to our schedule. 
And and I find that rather interesting. I think consistency is important as it is doing this show for 23, 23rd year of broadcasting as well. That even though we don't have to do it at the same time every day, there's something interesting about consistency. You know, when you look routine. at Well, yeah. I mean, I'm a routine guy. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm there's something good about it. Yeah. There, there's there's good things that can happen from it. In other words, but it throws it, me off if 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 I don't. Like if we were just started at random times of the day, that's just not yeah. our way. Yeah. So let me ask you, Super Don, since I can't flex my muscles, can we show some other pictures? Okay, all right. And the reason Which I one would, do you want to start off with? Well, here? the only reason I would is because of this IGF one stuff I want to show you. But hey, that's okay. We'll, we'll okay. Get, how about the sunset last night? <laughs> for those of you watching, and it's the 22nd of June, 2022. For those of you watching or listening live. This was, uh, I, I really that always like an liked... amazing picture. Did you take that with your phone? Yeah. Yeah. I, that I, is, I, that looks like it should be a painting. It's the, you know, the colors are vivid. You've got the green, the, the, the farmer behind me, he does, he's, a, he has, uh, I think he makes hay as well, but he has cattle and is grass fed. And every once in a while he comes through, but right. If it was like the day before you would see, you know, kind of brownish greenish stalks of, of grass everywhere. Now he had just plowed the field. So that's well, I'm glad cool. he did because that it's just, that's just blew me away when I saw that between the blue of the sky and the yellow of the sun and the yeah. gradient, you know, light going, you know, in between there. And then the green yeah. of the grass is just like, wow, that, that's a really cool picture. Well, I, I think this, I just, like I said, there's something about that solstice when it's at the furthest arc north for yeah. us in the northern hemisphere. Yeah. And I try to do that on the on the equinoxes as well. I think those are neat days, right? I just want those to see what it looks you can like. You're days. supposed to be able to like, put an egg on a table and <laughs> yeah, stand up. Apparently. I've never tried it. Yeah. But, it, it. I've done it. It works. So now in the northern hemisphere, we've officially begun summer, yet the days are going to start getting shorter. So we've yep. hit the peak, and I'm like, I'm a little melancholy when that goes. It's like, oh, we're going to start getting da- darker You're earlier. You're a summer guy. Right? And I, I do. I love being outside in the garden. So uh, if y'all don't mind, this is me delaying having to talk about the CDC. Yeah. And all yeah. that stuff. It's okay. I all right. Like so doing. what do we got here? All right. So let's uh, go full screen on this picture here. Um, this is, we uh, planted a couple of uh, blackberries, and uh, these, for the longest time, we're not producing flowers or anything. And then suddenly they exploded and you can sort of see, I don't know if you can even do it closer up, but you can see the flowers, the bees are loving it. And as you could get closer to it on the right, you'll see the beginnings they are green, but the beginnings of the blackberries, you see them, they're green now, but this is going to be so great. We're going to have juicy, sweet blackberries. Now, if you back out again, um, I strategically placed a rubber snake below and this has really been an amazing, incredible discovery because last year, uh, I had the, these cherry bushes that were putting out lots of cherries, but I couldn't get there fast enough. The birds would eat them. So if you can find that, that I don't think I have a picture of the snake in it, but just show me the cherry, that little beautiful, a couple of cherries in there because I picked a lot of them already. Let's see. There, there it is. All right. So this one doesn't, there's a snake over to the left of it that I didn't have, a rubber snake. And all of the cherries are pretty much mine. Or my wife's. <laughs> and uh, the birds are staying away. This is a great tree. It's like, kind of like the scarecrow idea, but a real scarecrow for, for uh, birds is snakes. They do not like it, and they haven't figured out that they're rubber. I hope they're not listening to the show, and they figure it out. So these are not Bing cherries. We planted a couple of Bing uh, this spring, and they did not produce this this spring, or, or we maybe they tried, and we had a late freeze. But at least I got these cherries. I don't know what they're called, but they're actually tart, 
and a little bit of sweetness are more tart than sweet, but they, they're really good and juicy. And I'm so thankful for the rubber snake idea. And uh, let's see, what other pictures do we have from the garden today? These are All right, let's see here. So there's this one. Oh, these are more or less from my orchard. I planted an orchard. This is the, we've got two pairs and they are putting out serious pairs. I, I don't see know if you three. Can, there's a I bunch more than that. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot. There's hidden in there. We've got a bumper okay. crop of pears from a, it's not a huge tree, but it's really producing. And cool. I've got two of them and they're good. Uh, unfortunately, I only have one peach. And if you want to go to that uh, picture, this is kind of okay. the sad that... of the year. This one? Uh, yeah, this is it. So if you can see, I've got a rubber snake in this tree protecting the only peach that made it. Uh, again, late freeze killed off some of the flowers. So we have it one. It looks peach like a very tired tree. snake. Yeah, it's just kind of drooping. Just you know, it's a droopy there. snake. It's, it's already done its thing with another droopy snake. Is apparently, that a boneless so. snake? <laughs> it's very boneless. <laughs> <laughs> so the peach tree has one peach, but, uh, and also the prolific, I did not take a picture of this, but apparently, and I talked to my neighbor about it. They have an apricot as well. We've had thousands of apricots two years in a row. And mm-hmm. this year, that late freeze knocked pretty much all that the blossoms off. That would make good off. jam, wouldn't it? Yeah, I know. So it's going to be an off year for apricots, unfortunately. <clears throat> okay. Did I show you some other pictures? Oh, that's the peach. We already did that yeah. one. Then there's, no, we did yeah, that one. Yeah, you just passed the one. There it is. That's this it. is one of our grapes. We planted about five or six grape vines. And you could see the little tiny beginnings of these grapes. And, you know, when we planted them last fall, they look completely dead in the winter. And I've never done grapes. And I'm like, are these things going to come back? And, yeah, they've come back just beautifully. And I've just started guiding them up a trellis. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a bunch of different varieties. I don't think any of them are seedless. I don't necessarily believe in seedless. But um, these were were great. You don't believe in seedless? Seedless grapes? No. I I just don't. Look. I, have I eaten seedless grapes? Yeah. Are seedless course. grapes, uh, are they GMO? No, I, they, I, they've been hybridized or something. I just don't right. understand the idea of how do so you like make a seedless a, watermelon? Right. How do you make these things and how do they reproduce? It just concerns me. Is it? Am I the only one? They're bred for convenience. Yeah. Okay. And they're easy to eat. Yes, yeah, seedless. It's not like I'll never eat one. But I think the the, the grapes, in other words, we planted or do have seeds in them. Uh, Stephen says maybe you could put could have used rubber cherries to teach those birds a lesson that your cherries are horrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think they would fall for the red, red just rubber put up a rubber tree, you know, to a rubber take tree. Just... Yeah. That that's funny. Oh my gosh! All right, so let's see what else is going on out there. I think we covered the pictures. Thank you for indulging me in that, except for the muscle pictures that you don't let me show. Uh, I would be flexing the whole two hours of the show. You know that, Superdon. It was yes. that's all I live for now. One hundred percent. Had you a good and Ty would just have a competition with each other in an hour or two. Yeah, Ty's getting nervous, I think. He's like, oh, oh the guy's <laughs> getting big again. Or or for the first time, maybe. No, again, you know, I, I, I was big at one time in my life. All right, so reluctantly, let's talk about the CDC in the first article in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Hope everybody's having a good summer so far. It just started yesterday officially. CDC is admitting that it never monitored the vaccine adverse event reporting system, the VAERS for COVID jab safety signals. Now, are you surprised by this, Super Don, at this point? Are you at all inclined to think, I'm going to give the CDC the benefit of the doubt? They meant to. Well, usually, they, they were just busy. you know, we wouldn't know about it. We just assume. We've said that for a long time. You just assume, mm-hmm. ah, they don't. Or, you know, every time you bring a VARES, right, what do they say? Oh, well, uh, no, that's unreliable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not accurate. Yeah. Uh, or, or they could go as far as saying, well, we just didn't notice any patterns, right? We covered that the other day. No, we didn't see any patterns. Yeah. Well, apparently, well, if you do a Freedom of Information Act request, yeah. Yeah. you find out this. 
Yeah, they they weren't even uh, monitoring it really, and and yet, even if they are half monitoring it or quarter monitoring, let's say they find one secretary in a basement office somewhere that's monitoring it occasionally, like in between Instagram and Facebook posts, she looks at the VAERS data, and then she reports to her bosses who she knows exactly what they want to hear, and she'll say, "Nope, nothing's going on. We're we're fine." Right. There's nothing really happening. And if there is, it has nothing to do with the, the shot. That's another part of the story, in fact, because the second article uh, from the Defender is about Pfizer classifying almost all of its severe adverse events during the covid vaccine trials as not related to the shots. I mean, what are you going to say? It's Pfizer. They got they've hired scientists, right? They're sciencey. And they say there's no connection. There's no connection because the FDA is certainly not going to go. Pfizer, we don't believe you. <laughs> we're going to go, well, Pfizer says so. Well, we're going to report to the CDC and everywhere else that, yeah, the shot's looking good. No real serious adverse events and all those that occur are pretty much not related to the shot based on what? No conflicts of interest, of course. There's no risk that if they start acknowledging the serious adverse events that are happening due to the jabs, not placebo, that they might not sell billions of dollars worth of their emergency use authorized injections for which they wouldn't get an EUA if the truth were revealed, if the facts were available. Well, actually, no, that's not true because the truth is available. The the facts are available now. And yet the FDA slash CDC has said that kids six months of age and up can get it now. They can get it now. Despite the fact that it's obvious that the 75-year data dump that is condensed into a year or two, according to the judge, uh, is revealing more and more horrific realities associated with these jabs. It's just, it's not a pretty picture, but it also is something that I keep coming back to. I keep asking myself, is is it possible that the CDC and the FDA could collapse because no one, no one believes that they're legitimate anymore? And as much as I'd love to say, yep, that's going to happen, and maybe inevitably and eventually it might, but when, again, I'm not a guy that knows the timeline in that regard. Don't pretend to. So many people are putting all of their energy and efforts or a lot of their energy and efforts in stopping the FDA from authorizing it or approving it, stopping the CDC and the ACIP committee from giving the rubber stamp that they're going to give anyway. And the... The legitimate part, if I can say it here, I am being playing judge, jury, and you know what? No, I'm not. I'm just saying the legitimate part of your efforts to do that. The best I can say is awareness raising. If you can shift in consciousness by going, Hey, look, see, they're not acknowledging it, but I'm going to, for instance, here, this is very cool. Our buddy, Kevin Tuttle apparently won the lottery. No, not the lottery that gives you money, but the lottery that gives you three minutes to present your perspective, raise questions or concerned concerns to the ACIP committee over at CDC. It's all done by Zoom now, I think. Kevin's going to do that. And, you know, he always puts together an impassioned three-minute, uh, innovative, sometimes humor, dark humor a little bit with what they do, but pointed just little jabs and stabs. And, you know, and he knows they're not going to pay attention to what he says, but it'll get out there for all the world to see that wants to see it. And so there's not a wasted effort there, in my opinion. The, the thought that you're going to impact perhaps any of the ACIP committee members, 
You know, I, I, I think even if God reached down from the heavens and touched them, the, some of these people were like, no, God, you don't pay. You don't pay as much as uh, Pfizer did. <laughs> or you're not going to promise me a really cushy job after I, I stop serving on the ACF committee for the rubbers. I mean, this is the kind of thing they would probably say to God. That's how ungodly these people are. So what are what are we to do in the meantime? If, in fact, we're not going to see the collapse of the CDC and the FDA, we're not, it was kind of a little bit of my discussion. I was, I was dropping some some hints to uh, Jeffrey Tucker yesterday on the show. And if you missed that, Jeffrey Tucker was great. I so, so enjoyed him and his bow tie. And he's apparently up at Pork Fest. So if anybody of you are up at the uh, Porcupine Festival in New Hampshire, go by and say hi to my son. He's at the Goldback booth and uh, check it out. Really cool stuff going on up there. He's having a great time. So, Jeffrey, I was talking about the Federal Reserve note, the fiat dollar, the collapse, inflation, et cetera, and the standing as the world's reserve currency, the Federal Reserve note. I mean, there's a lot of indication that it's losing its stature and status among many of the countries that accepted it as petrodollar. But it still hasn't been fully abandoned. As you know, it's still functioning. You could still exchange that paper for stuff. I mean, this morning I filled up the SUV, which is not one of those super giant SUVs. It cost, uh, well, I think the gas price was five sixteen a gallon. Now, got three cents off for being a member of something, but it's still astonishing. I was talking with Johan in England, United United Kingdom, UK Health Radio. Johan, our buddy Johan, shout out to all of our friends listening a couple of days later on UK Health Radio. And he said that the, the price of petrol, as they call it over there, has gone up to two pounds a liter. And when he moved to the UK many, many years ago, it was 99 cents or 99 pence. I, I'm sorry, 99 pence a liter. So it's doubled there. It's certainly two to two and a half to three times more expensive than just a few years ago to fill up the tank. Now, some of that arguably is because the Biden regime wants to destroy any access to easy and cheap energy, as they maybe wrongly call them fossil fuels, but what are they replacing it with? You'll own nothing and like it. That's the inevitable outcome. It's World Economic Forum Globalist Agenda 101. And so if, if the world is still enamored with these globalist institutions or even on a federal, these federal institutions, CDC, FDA, and sort of acknowledge NIH, NIAID, oh yeah, these people are, yeah, they're scientific. They they know stuff we don't know. And how, what? I'm asking, what's the percentage? What's the magic percentage? Anybody know out there when enough people say the FDA wears no clothes, for instance, that it collapses of its own, own weight? And, well, <sighs> criminality is an understatement, too, in what it does. I look at these two opening articles that the defenders fought to get information out. We call these uh, Freedom of Information Act requests. Just like, you're not going to tell me? I got I to do a special demand, and then you release it months to years later, and we find out you weren't even analyzing the VAERS data to see if there are any w warning signs at all? And with all of the young people that are dropping dead, how often did we hear of this? This is another thing I think of growing up. You know, I talk about we didn't know any autistic kids growing up. Oh, because you didn't know what they looked like. Oh, no, I know what they look like now. And I there were none that I ever encountered in my young life growing up.
before the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program kicked into gear and all of those extra jabs became available without liability for the manufacturers. These are things that were real. Now, the another thing that I do remember that every spring, somewhere in the United States of America, one or two young athletes would drop dead from heat stroke or heat exhaustion. Usually they were very overweight. They were in extremely poor condition early in spring. The heat and humidity was going up. It was usually in the south somewhere. And that we would hear that. So that, that it's not like never have young people so-called healthy or semi-healthy ever drop dead i mean we know that that happened but is there a day that goes by that someone or some more than one young people prime of their life athletes much less actors and actresses whatever are suddenly dropping dead of unknown causes or they say sometimes weirdly enough 27 year old athlete dies of natural causes how do you describe a 27 year old athlete Death. How do you describe that being a natural death? Who dies at 27 of a natural death, natural cause? And, and I, I ask, when does when does that permeate into the general population? Even as the mainstream media starts to you know stranglehold, grip and control your friends, your relatives, your neighbors that they can't see what's happening here. What has happened? This wasn't happening in early COVID. It was only and it is only happening after they introduced the synthetic mRNA injections. And for that, we get tagged, we get deplatformed for saying it, acknowledging it. For the very thing the CDC is supposed to be doing, monitoring VARES. We talk about VARES, sorry, you're not allowed to be on Spotify. YouTube, that's just right out. Twitter, sorry. And now Facebook Live. By the way, Super Don, are we going out on Facebook Live at all today? Or are we still not going out on Facebook Live? It still doesn't work. I did yesterday, I uh, filled out the... Mm -hmm. form thing you know and said what <clears throat> was going on and asked them if they could tell me what was up and i haven't gotten a response yet so yeah um yeah i'm having to just go post a link to the live feed uh on facebook for people people to watch right now but we can't yeah. we can't stream at all we can post so We're still uh, there if, yeah i know so if you can post welcome tell them to come on over to our website yep. or wherever super d if you don't mind yep, I, am. I am and DJ Katie says it's up to us when CDC and FDA collapse, as well as the FBI. Sadly, no time soon. See, that that's the thing. I, I would like to think that we're further along in this regard, that people are seeing through it. But these institutions die hard. People have set up their reality and acknowledged the reality and, and participate in a reality that they can't conceive of it not being that way. When you ask yourself, and I've asked myself many times, how is it possible that the FDA even exists anymore with all that they do? How long have I been saying they approve what results in hundreds of thousands of deaths every year and not a whimper from the mainstream media, no, no government hearings, the, the pharmaceutical industry themselves, not aghast at their, their own products being deadly. Well, nope, business as usual. And you just step back and you say, do we really value life? And this may upset some of you because we hear about it when it's the abortion issue, right? The, the religious people get up in arms over this and it's righteous in, in anger over killing kids. But what about drugging kids after they're born? What about vaccinating kids after they're born? 
Is that not aborting their lives? Or again, teenagers, adults, all of that. Where is the outrage from the religious community that values life or claims to value life when it comes to drugs and doctors? They're still praised. They're still elevated to exalted status in the community. Oh, we have our doctor who's a parishioner in our church or our synagogue. Oh, stop it. Now, they may be a perfectly fine human being doing great work and serving humanity and doing it. But the fact that they have an MD degree and they're out there prescribing drugs, is uh, it's not that impressive. But we, we have been programmed. And that programming runs deep. Now, I, I really appreciate and acknowledge the docs that have left the, you know, the idea that their exalted status in, in being able to write a script for a toxic, poisonous, uh, FDA-approved pharmaceutical drug is something that, to them, it's not even impressive, and they've moved beyond it, or they're attempting to move beyond it. I, all the credit in the world. Props. Thank you. Welcome. Come on over. You, you, I'm not going to be yelling at you. That's not my intent at all. But it's more or less sort of yelling at everybody that still plays into the mythology or the illusion that these institutions, whether they be institutions of higher learning or indoctrination or institutions within government, media and medicine and non-governmental agencies, globalist organizations, et cetera, that they have. What I say, I think the best term is legitimacy. We grant them that. We treat them that with their exalted status and we play up to it. What if they threw a pandemic and nobody showed up, right? What if they threw an election and nobody showed up? That, that's the shocker of it all. I remember John Rappaport and I talking about some of these things on the air years and years and years ago. I don't think John could appear on in any show back way back when, except my show. And I don't know if there were, maybe did he do coast to coast way back in the day? Possibly, probably, but there weren't many. Places where a mind like John Rappaport from No More Fake News, now he's got a sub stack. He's doing amazing work as he has been for decades. But we would talk about the fallacy of the elections long before it became obvious to many people that they've, they've rigged the vote or at least they rig who you get to vote for. And I keep bringing this up as well. And I know there are legitimate, I'll say that, sincere attempts at putting better people into office. Every election cycle, there is that. And maybe more percentage-wise have woken up to or become conscious of the the serious disaster that is our government, all the things that are happening within it. And I know that's not unique to the United States government, corruption in Canada, Australia, New Zealand, England, it's everywhere. Although as I was talking with Johan today about, hey, what's going on over there regarding COVID? Everybody's still wearing masks. I was like, oh, no, we're beyond that in England. People aren't even. And here in America, they're still fomenting COVID fear, still telling you to take COVID tests. Every time you hear a public service announcement or you see a billboard, the government stealing from you is putting up billboards, announcements, PSAs, take your shot, take your jab. Did you know your kids can get your jab now? I don't know that it's happening as viciously in other countries as it is here in the United States, the leader in taking drugs and vaccines on planet Earth. Coming back around to the idea of putting better people in government while not fundamentally altering the ability of government to do things that are not prescribed or proscribed or written into or enumerated and powered via the document known as the Constitution to be able to do only these things and nothing more. And I know we're so far beyond. We're centuries beyond it. It's not that the Constitution wore out. It's we 
forgot to limit the government to that which was only written and enumerated for those them and their power. And, and so the people going in may know more about that. When they get in, what will they do? What can they do? Dr. No. Dr. Ron Paul did amazing work despite having passed little to no legislation. I, maybe he signed on a couple of, I don't even remember at this point. It's been a while since I've even thought about it in detail. But what he did is he used that platform as an educational opportunity to wake up for the lack of a better way to say it, a lot of people in America. Yet, since that time, it transitioned to tea parties. And then, you know, what do you call it now? What are the Republicans now? As I even acknowledge, Ron DeSantis is doing pretty extraordinary work. I think the other day, I thought he didn't order stuff, but he did. No, he didn't order stuff. The the state is not promoting the jab for six months old. They're not providing state-level assistance to get it. That's great. But at the same time, he says, hey, but we're all all about the six years old and up. Is it is it unrealistic, unreasonable of me to go, hey, Ron, you see it at that age. Why don't you see it at every age? Is that or would that be the thing that goes, Ron, you we've tolerated you and your obstinance against certain things. But you go there, buddy, you're done. Is that it? Is that why that happens? More and more doctors that I'm talking to and nurses that I'm talking to now look back, not just look presently, but look back on the entire vaccine schedule and go, you know, it did matter. All that stuff you were saying, Robert, about safety studies, efficacy studies, double blind placebo control tests that we we said were the gold standard for everything else. But for vaccines, we said mm, it's not necessary. And anybody bringing it up, it's just a kook, a quack, an anti-vax nutter, whatever they want to call us. And now we find uh, 80% of respondents to a Kaiser poll say not per, not really interested in getting my kids jabbed at six months to five years of age and then also pointed out the other day was it yesterday the 25 microgram dose which is lower than the dose for uh six and up lower than the dose for teenagers and adults but i said it's interesting because if you think about it logically i know i'm asking a lot of people to think logically you got a six month old and you got a five-year-old you tell me, moms and dads and grandparents out there, do you remember the difference between a six-month and a five-year-old? And you're telling me the same dose for a six-month is going for a five-year-old? And you explain that, how that makes any sense, logical, scientific, or otherwise. It's completely bonkers. It is not scientific. It should disqualify any and every doctor and scientist who actually claims or proclaims that that's legitimate. We're going to give the same dose to a six-month-old that we give to a five-year-old much less a six-year-old to a 13-year-old. Same dose. Tell me it's not collectivism in medicine. Tell me they have not left the building that would say first do no harm and eliminate first and no and make it do harm. Everything that they do is doing harm. I I asked the question again. I don't have an answer. Maybe that could be a poll question. When do you think the FDA will be so discredited that people will laugh the next time they try to say something or the CDC or name any bureaucratic oligarchical uh, alphabet soup agency, EPA, et cetera, all of them corrupted, captured. At what point do you go? I don't care what you guys do. I'm not doing it. It doesn't matter to me. You can approve whatever you want. Ain't going to touch me. Wouldn't that be the more powerful method of no longer 
giving them any credence, pointing them out as the absurd, uh, dangerous groups of people that they are, individuals within them, but these, these agencies, this government. At what point do you go, not going to do it, <laughs> not going to do it. I'm no longer participating. We'll watch what happens this election cycle. If they have the election, some people say they won't, but if they do, will there be a Republican sweep into the House and the Senate and basically defang whoever's in, in the presidency temporarily in some ways, except when they, they all get behind something, right? Whether it's another war or whoever. Now, I, am I being cynical here or am I being someone who has observed enough as we get older, Super Don, you and I, you're the grandpa, I'm not. But as we get older and we go, we come to that same conclusion. It's like, dude, really? Is this the way we're going to change things? By changing, rearranging? You know yeah. where I'm going? I, I Look, I, yeah, of course I know where you're going. Um, I have this conversation almost daily in my house. Do you? you know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the grumpy old guy. Are you talking you know, to your grandkids like, about this? That's kind of a bummer. Not the grandkids. They're too young. But, <laughs> but you know, the, yeah. the adult kids. You know, I, I'm I'm lucky. I my my son lives here with mm-hmm. me, and so we have conversations, you know, fairly regularly about what's going on in the world and what's happening in politics. And you guys get heated and all that stuff, and, or is it pretty aligned? Um, not very often. Yeah. Not very often. Um, we have a tendency to agree a lot on on things, and we'll okay. we'll pull up a Bill Maher monologue from time to time, yeah. <laughs> which is really good. I, I've come to really enjoy Bill Maher because he's, he's um, I don't know if he's come around mm-hmm. or if politics have shifted around uh, to where now, you know, we, I think we pretty much would agree with a whole lot that he says now where at one time we wouldn't have, you know? Well, I think that part of the, the Bill Maher uh, charm for me has always been his stance on food issues and pharmaceutical issues. Well, he's been it's good expanded beyond that. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Um, where he goes into free speech and, and uh, he, he did a number on the Washington Post the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's very interesting. But in any case, no. back to what you were saying, yes. No. You know, at this point, um, especially over what's happened in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Well, okay, look, there's always going to be that group of people, right? Yeah. Those guys mm-hmm. are always going to be there. They're going to be yeah. like, oh, this is what Anthony Fauci said. This is what the CDC says and Joe Biden and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I think that the, the numbers have grown exponentially mm-hmm. uh, on the other side of the group where they're just, they don't take them seriously anymore. They can't. Right. How can so what, you? How what can would, you at this point? Super D, what would it be? You're a logical dude. You are. What would be the next logical step to ha- ha- have happen when people come to that conclusion that we've come to? That they're not legitimate organizations. Yeah, well, I, I see. I don't think that, that people are going to search out an alternative to that. You know, it's like what's what's what? What do you do? You know, if you don't listen to the CDC, you don't listen to the FDA for all of your your health uh, information and advice. Yeah. where are they going to go? Yeah. They're going to go places like maybe here, or they're going to go other places on, on on the internet. Maybe they'll go to Children's Health Defense. Maybe they'll go to Natural News. Maybe they'll go to somewhere else. You know, to to get their their information and their advice, or mm-hmm. maybe they'll just go to a bunch of places and they'll just start making up their own mind. Finally, right? You know, right. Make it, coming to their own conclusion rather than than what they're being told. I mean, when you see that the behavior of those agencies so clear that just like the children's, you know, fable was it about the emperor wearing no clothes? At that point, 
how does the emperor have power still? And, and I see that if indeed people are seeing through CDC, FDA, Fauci, NIAID, Big Pharma, World Health, World Health Organization, World Economic Forum, all of these things, has the behavior shifted? Or is it just that they're not reporting on the behavior shifts of people going, yeah, no, I'm unplugging from this? No, I, th- I look, we, and we do cover the stories when they, when they do come around. You know, mm-hmm. a, a good example is the, uh, the one that you've quoted several times, mm-hmm. uh, which is the, the Kaiser Health Foundation poll, yeah. right? About, you know, whether uh, people are going to run out and get their, their six-month-old vaccinated yeah. or not. Right. And, and you got 20% saying, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to go do it. Yay, Anthony yeah. Fauci. And 80% are like, eh, I don't think yeah. so. So maybe it's my impatience showing, right? <laughs> you, you bent go, over I, and your impatience is showing? How, how, yeah, how long? Well, you know, I was talking about you. You think you bend over and your pineal gland shows. And I'm like, that's not where it is. <laughs> it's not? <laughs> no. Oh, uh, okay. we'll, but we'll get to that because we have a story about the eyes and the pineal gland in a moment. But I, I just want to wrap up this subject uh, with a quote. I just saw our buddy Michael Bolden in in the chat room he says patrick henry says this show me that age and country where the rights and liberties of the people were placed on the sole chance of their rulers being good men without a consequent loss of liberty i say that the loss of that dearest privilege has ever followed with absolute certainty every such mad attempt that's the idea that i'm trying to kind of every once in a while percolate to the surface as much as i don't try to say if your bliss is to do, go vote and think that's going to do it, I'm not going to say don't. I'm just going to say, hey, let's look clearly at the, the history here and say, hmm, if they get in and that system is so corrupt that they have little or no power to make any change, what have you accomplished? Maybe it's just another layer of people that go, well, well, that doesn't work. And then you find finally a different way, a way that our founders had warned us. Uh, basically don't fall asleep on limiting the scope and reach of your government or else they will scoop you up, reach you and do things to you and your children that you don't want to have happen. All right. Part of the reason I think a lot of these things are occurring is because there's drugs in the water, lots of drugs in the water. This is not a new story for us. This is something ever since I opened up the microphone, 1999 talking about this, there's drugs in the water. Don't drink the water. Half the world's rivers are full of prescription and over-the-counter drugs, a study reveals. Again, not new. This is out of York, United Kingdom. Wasn't there a a Monty Python movie where they kind of slow descend into York, uh, England, and they call it the third world at the time? I just have a vague memory Mm, of that. Maybe our UK Health Radio. sounds like I don't don't recall. Remember that. But York and United Kingdom. Almost half the world's rivers are contaminated with OTC and prescription drugs. And I've said this about those of you who are opposed to birth control. If you're drinking the water, you're on it. Well, at least if you're not filtering it out, that's another thing. That's why it's just so important to clean up what goes into your body. Even if it's a, a really good quality gravity-fed filter, it's going to do much, much better for you than just drinking it straight out of the tap or even going to a river. <laughs> that might be a clean river, and you find out, oh, well, there's drugs in that river too. Remember, it turns the frogs gay. Isn't that what did it? Or am I wrong? <laughs> I can't oh, remember. God. Alex <laughs> Jones, yeah. By the way, what was that meme I sent you that was a Babylon Bee picture? It just made me laugh out loud. <laughs> it was about homeschooling or something. 
Um, yeah. Study shows kids who are homeschooled could miss out on opportunity to be a gay communist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I just, sorry. <laughs> I laughed out loud when I saw that. Oh my gosh. So please, if you haven't already reach out to our friends at Synergy Science and get either whole house filtration or uh, filtration right at the source of where you're doing your drinking water with an ecosystem. And, and when you're on the road, the hydrogen we talk about, in addition, they're, 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 their little uh, uh, Echo Go is not a purifier. It's a hydrogen maker. So you, if you're using that, make sure you're using clean water to get the benefits of the antioxidants uh, of hydrogen in the water as well. That would be awesome. All right. Now, as far as the pineal gland that when you bend over, people can't see it. It's uh, also known for those of you who are into Eastern words going way back. Have you ever heard of the Tisratil? Super Don, how about you? Tisratil. Have you heard of that? Did you you know about that? No, I have not. All right. What about the third eye? The third eye. You heard of that? The third eye. Have you seen? That's supposed to be in the middle of your forehead. Right. The Doctor Strange thing they had at the end. I think he got the third eye. Although it's not a physical eye. It's an eye that transitions usually more in a sleep scenario or a contemplative meditative scenario where these two eyes, visual eyes, are closed, and the focus is on the spiritual eye, some call it, that it opens you up, whether you're in a dream state or a contemplative, prayerful, meditative state, to more direct communication with, I would call the divine. That would be my goal. I know some people do other things to do other, but I'm talking in a positive sense. And in a dream sense, the importance of shielding that eye, which is sensitive to light, in addition to your actual physical eyes at night that's why i say blackout you know curtains some way shape or form sleep in total darkness it makes a difference and this article takes it to another level it's not me saying it but the headline reads exposure to any light during sleep is linked to obesity and serious health issues and this is why we we don't have blackout curtains but what do i do and what does my wife do we have find one that's comfortable for you but an eye mask that completely blacks out the light and it covers this area of the forehead as well. So the pineal gland, which is critical for a lot of spiritual thought, which is also attacked by a calcification primarily through, for instance, the use of um, fluoride in the water, as well as chlorine, the halides, they impact that, that gland as well in a negative sense. But to think that simply not sleeping in the dark can result i mean it's like people that do i'm doing everything right i can't lose weight could it be that the lack of deep dark sleep is impacting other physiological functions metabolic functions that would result in a different body even a healthier body even now you know from being on part of this show if you have been for a long time i talk about that that this is like an ancient chinese not secret but Ayurvedic Chinese medicine, those concepts that they knew of health and healing for thousands of years. And even in a modern metabolic context medicine, we know that the liver is more active while we sleep. What is the liver primary is properties primary. It's 500 plus known functions, detoxification of the body. And part of the detox process is also getting the garbage out. Yes, but that allows for what regeneration of tissue through rest and restoration and so the liver is disrupted if indeed we do things that disrupt sleep because the energy centers of the body are directed in a different form of sleep when we're disrupted whether it be light or other things and so the simple act if you don't have blackout curtains 
of covering your eyes with a comfortable eye mask that doesn't disrupt your sleep is something that could be, if you haven't tried it already, a profound step in the right direction to overcome certain health issues. You had no idea were related to that. That doesn't even begin to start the discussion of uh, a Wi-Fi signaling, and that's invisible light. It's not light spectrum that you can detect even, but those are frequencies that are disruptive as well. And if you don't turn those off, at least have the key QI technology from Synergy Science to help depolarize that field and neutralize it so that you can get back into regenerative modes during sleep cycle. So Super Don, are you convinced now that you need to either black out the uh, the room or wear a, a sleep mask, or is that just not enough? It's like, no, nah, I'm not interested. And I ask you because I can't ask anybody else right now. I've experienced, I, you know, like uh, I, the one thing that comes to mind is uh, when I went, last time I went down to see my sister down mm -hmm. in, the, in California. Yeah. And the room that I was in there, it was like that. It was black. But yeah. of course, didn't have any dogs, didn't have any whatever. It was just my wife and I, right? Mm -hmm. And that was great. I had a great night's sleep. It was awesome, you know? The combination of it being dark and having no dogs, mm -hmm. it was like, you know, that's not something I experience very often. See, that's the thing. And I don't care whether it's dogs or cats. We have the sweetest cat. Sleep will sleep most of the night with you if you want. But yeah. boy, we'll get up way earlier than you want to and let you know it's time to they get do. up. They, they, and I'm have like, a, they have an internal clock. And I'm like, sorry, you're out of here. I don't <laughs> care. I love you, but you're not sleeping in our room. I'm not having yeah. it. And that's why you have much more tolerance for these animals than I would. Because it, my sleep's too dang important. And I, I know that's being selfish, but I just like, if I'm going to be an example to others about good health habits, I'm not having things that disrupt my sleep. <laughs> and I'm not saying there's never, it's never going to be an exception to that rule and happen. But for the most part, I'm like, this is, it's that important is my point. Yeah. You spend a third of your life theoretically asleep and you don't realize how important that time is for this physical body that we inhabit while we're here. In fact, I believe we leave the thing while we're sleeping. Dreams are a very real experience that uh, a lot of people just say, oh, it's neurons firing again, but there's so much more to it. We should do some more dream shows. I think that, that would be fun. I like that topic. Anyway, and anybody in the chat room want to chime in on that? If we don't get, look at it right now, we'll look at it in a little while. I do want to get to uh, a question of the day. I think we have in the show notes at robertscottbell.com, do we not? All right, this is from a 61-year-old fiddle. Fiddle? Is that person... 61 years old fiddle. Fiddle, is yes. that your name? Wow, okay. That's the name. I've never met somebody named Fiddle. Have you? I've never met somebody named Fiddle. I, I'm going to guess that's not the name that this person was born with. Okay. Yeah. So it's a question about floaters, eye floaters. New dark spots that occur like seeing little bugs at 61 years of age. Now, there's a lot of, um, let's say, if you look up floaters and what they say there are, you know, vitreous disconnect and, and, and little pockets within the eye and things like that. And they'll, they'll describe what happens that results in what we call visually a symptom of a floater you see floating through your vision in particular uh you know lights or where you're looking in that but they never explain really why those things happen that precede the floaters right why do you have a vitreous or you know retinal detachment any number of eye diseases they really don't go there and 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 this is where i would go because some people would say hey robert you're all into spraying silver in your eyes is that a cure for floaters no it's not uh, granted, if there's an infection and an inflammation and it contributes to it, it can be a, of some assist, but it's not really the cause 
that's cured by spraying silver in your eye. I, I would say I'd be more inclined to believe that spraying the copper hydrosol in your eye, you know, the sovereign copper may be a greater benefit simply because copper has, you know, this most profound connective tissue uh, connection as well. And I think that when we see all of these so-called eye issues that pop up as floaters later, it relates to connective tissue integrity loss consistently. We see that time and time again, the physical maladies from which we suffer all associate to some degree with a yes, dysfunction, but the dysfunction following the form that is collapsing or altered form, then function structure, then function. So I come back to it. What is it that protects the cells of the eye and their structure so that function is just fine? The key mineral of all minerals, the most important one, in in my opinion, in this case, backed by a lot of good scientific studies as well, is selenium once again. And we don't we don't even pay attention to selenium much. I mean, of all the people that are talking zinc and vitamin C again, not only they not mention copper, but they rarely mention selenium. And selenium is the most protective mineral when it comes to a lot of the cells of the body against protecting against cancer for one, but a lot more than that. It is critical for the liver to do its job, detoxify the production of the glutathione, the peroxidase form of glutathione. That's selenium dependent as well. And think about if your liver is congested and not doing its job, there's the backlog of toxic poison accumulating in the tissues until it reaches your eyeballs. You got this? The basic concepts of health and healing come back to the same thing every time. Not genetics. Oh, you may have a proclivity or uh, predisposition. Yeah, that's the word towards certain things because you have strengths and weaknesses. We all do. But the same basic underlying things lead to those things just differently in each person. Now, you don't put a selenium tablet in your eye. You eat things that are rich in selenium and realizing that even Brazil nuts don't have as much selenium as they once did. You're going to be calling up Jonathan at choose to be healthy dot com. Eight, six, six, nine, three, nine, two, three, five, five and get the innate response selenium and begin to take adequate quantities. One tablet a day is not enough. That's 50 micrograms. My goal each day, as I've told you many times, is 150 micrograms three times a day. I target to get to 450 a day. I don't every day get there. A lot of times I'll get to 300 micrograms a day. If you're dealing with this in an active state, I would be doubling that. I would be going up to 900 micrograms a day. Just just me talking of 100% whole food form of selenium. Yes, I would do the copper because copper and selenium protects what? Vasculature, microvasculature. Think about the microcapillary beds, even in the eye feeding, right? That's such an important part of eye health. You can do eye herbs, eye formulas. Dr. Christopher's got an eye formula you can take internally and you can play. There's another one that you can use as an eye wash. That's great. The cardio miracle is a miracle when it comes to the vasculature. So that eye diseases, as much as kidney diseases, are also related to poor circulation with inadequate production of nitric oxide and all the other things that happen. So I'm looking at the eye and going, it's all about the same basic thing. But in certain people, it's manifesting the structure of the eye is deteriorating in a number of different ways. And it manifests in this case as floaters. So I don't know if that's too long of an answer for your question there, Fiddle, but I'm kind of directing you to what I think is more true underlying source point that then leads to 
And let's go back to that point instead of just addressing what's in the eye. So you can spray silver and copper hydrosol in your eye all you want. And that's fine. It's not going to hurt you. It's just a question of, are you really getting down to the level of the protection that your eye cells need? And selenium is again, key there. Not the only thing. There are herbs that do that as well. Bilberry. There's a bunch of herbs that can do that. Now, this final story of uh, the hour is actually related to herbs. So it's kind of timely to ask the question, is there medicine? growing in your backyard accidentally or on purpose you know who i want to get get on the show again michelle uh, cotterman you know our nurse buddy health freedom ohio buddy because she's got such an amazing she's got like a farm on her property it's not a huge property but just about every inch of her property is growing something and i'm not exaggerating She's done some great tours on it, and uh, she would be a great one to, to go to a story like this. Is there medicine growing in your backyard? And there, there likely is. I'd be surprised if there isn't. And as you go through this article, you'll see a number of different uh, things that you can begin to identify and maybe what they're for. And there are so many herbal books on this. Yarrow, uh, it, it, it's very common in certain areas of the country. How about this one? Um, Prunella vulgaris. They're calling it self-heal. Prunella that you use as a poultice for deep tissue wounds. Some of these things I listed in Unlock the Power to Heal. We were doing a first aid chapter in Unlock the Power to Heal with Ty Bollinger. That's got some good insight into there as well. Linaria vulgaris, butter and eggs. It's, it's an interesting thing. You know, if you've never been exposed to this stuff, pick it up an article like this and diving deep into it and going, oh, look, I, I saw that in our backyard. I didn't know what that was. And of course, now they've got apps on your phone where you can take a picture of a flowering or, a, or, or a, a plant of some kind, a leaf, and it'll tell you what it is. And you could begin to do more investigation. Most of you have heard of mullen, verbascum thapsis. Mullen, great for lung issues as well. There's a lot of things mullen is good for as well. Mullen oil in the ear. There's, I mean, it's not like they're only good for one thing often. Goldenrod. How many of you know Solidago? The goldenrod. And we've used that in homeopathy. It's also great for the kidneys in homeopathic form, Solidago. It's an immune modulator as well. Wonderful. Milk thistle. We talk about the liver. Why do people like milk thistle? It's a, it's a treat for your liver in the right form if you know how to utilize it. They talk about um, certain antioxidant capacity of, of uh, the milk thistle, Silamarin, you've heard of products by now. Hawthorne, Crataegus. This is God's medicine for the heart. Imagine if you could harvest your own. If you can't, then the second best thing is getting Dr. Christopher's Hawthorne berry syrup. Right? If you're dealing with a lot of the pericarditis, myocarditis, cardiovascular events, in addition to Cardio Miracle, Hawthorne berry, selenium, copper, silica as well, connective tissue. I don't want to overlook silica. Pine needle tea. We've heard a lot about pine needle tea being beneficial for uh, the spike protein scenario dandelion everybody's got dandelion and for most of our history we were taught to spray it with toxic poison and that's a crime absolutely a crime i drink dandelion tea every day we we even harvested dandelion in our gardens in our yards and there are people that when they know how good it is they'll actually try to plant more of it because it's great medicine you can dry you can eat it in a in a salad as a, as a, the leaves of the tea uh, not the tea the leaves itself it's bitter but bitters are often good for the liver so that's just a short version of things that we, we must know, especially when you realize going to the dock in the box for toxic poisons, 
you think you have a deficiency of an antibiotic when in fact you have medicines in your own garden that can help modulate your immune system and overcome them without having to resort to toxic chemo like, uh, well, like antibiotics. All right. That's hour one and done. I don't know. Uh, do, oh, you know what? I, I got to remind you since we're out in the garden and you, you don't want to use toxic pesticides. What do you want to use? Super Don show everybody what they want to be using a little bit of orange guard. That's right. So clean. You can drink it. Don't recommend it because it tastes nasty. <laughs> I did it on the air. Did you send that to Tor? Because that was completely unexpected. I have not yet. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm looking to get him on the show, and I thought I was thinking maybe we'd surprise him that way oh. uh, rather than send it to him. I thought that might be kind of a cool effect and stuff like that. Yeah. I would show you mine. Where's yours? I used it last night. Okay. And I didn't make it back into the studio. It's out, right? out in the in the kitchen area. We have a problem with midges here. Right. And I hate those things. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's the, the downside of living, especially in this area that we're in. It's kind of in a away from the, 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 the downtown, kind of in an industrial sort of area, you know, fields and stuff like yeah. that. And so the midges are terrible here. Mm. And it's just crazy. If you've ever had to deal with midges in the summer, which I'm sure right. you have in the south, yep. uh, that, you know, that you got the porch light on. And it's mm, oh yeah, you know, everywhere. It's just, and so you every time you open the door, some fly in yeah. the house, and then they they gather around where the lamps are and oh. all that stuff. So last night I went out there with the orange guard, mm-hmm. and uh, I was taking the dogs out, and uh, I was just like, you know, let's let's see what happens. Yeah, and it just wiped them out. They're nice. just gone. You know, I sprayed it all around the light, right? All along around the 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 back door, door and yep. along the yep. bottom, and uh, I'm going to check it tonight to see you how know, you doing th- if it's working. But right? took care of it last night. Awesome. And, you know, I've been testing it out. Not that I need to just just really to show you all that um, I'm not making this up and he and they're not making this up. How clean and how safe this product is. I've been spraying it in the uh, in the greenhouse on delicate organic plants. And I'm I'm talking I'm spraying. I'm like going, I want to do a little bit more and a little bit more. I'm going to see. Is there a point where I can harm my plants so far? No harm to the plants. No. They're just shiny and happy. It's orange. Yeah. It's orange garden. It it's 100% natural. Organic orange. Certified organic for Omri, right? You can do organic and spray this stuff and you'll still be organic. Yeah. Michael Bolden says his little parrots eat dandelion all day. And, you know, when I feed the chickens next door, because we got an adjoining thing, we don't have our own chickens yet. And I'll sometimes, like, grab some grass. They love the grass and they, they eat it like crazy. But if I grab some dandelion, oh, they go bonkers for the dandelion. So... Be smart like a chicken and eat some dandelion every day. Shout out to Kevin Tuttle, my buddy. He's there. He's here. And I want to hear from him as soon as we know he does his ASIP three-minute thing that he got lotteried into. Uh, and then we'll be back in just a just a couple of minutes. A little bit of education break. Pause that refreshes. And we're going to go outside the box with my buddy. The biceps that he has that I'm aspiring to. Ty Bollinger joins us to go outside the box next on the Robert Scott Bell Show where the power to heal is yours. Robert Scott Bell Show.
Yes, my biceps are getting bigger, but I'm not allowed to show them to you. So we have Ty Bollinger come on the show and go outside the box with his monster biceps. And that way, uh, everybody is safe and uh, protected. Ty, how are you, my brother? Good, RSB. What's up, buddy? <laughs> it's good to see you. Are you chewing gum? If I was your teacher, like, did you bring gum for everybody? <coughs> I do have some for everyone. Hang on just a second here. <laughs> and no, we are not sponsors, but we love this uh, spry gum. Right? Yes. That right. That's good stuff. Uh, yeah, it's good well, stuff. So, yes, I'm chewing some spry gum right now. Fun and fun and chewy. Anyway, welcome back. Going outside the box. I, I, I showed some garden pictures last hour. I don't know if we'll revisit any of those, but I'm telling you for the gardening tips, if you've got like squirrels or birds that steal your food that you're growing, just put some rubber snakes out there. So far, they haven't figured out they're not real. And I'm and I'm protecting all the all the crops. They're they're afraid of them, aren't they? Kind of like a scarecrow. Oh, real, but they it actually works. I, you see pictures of crows sitting on scarecrows, and you're like, they yeah. figured it out. But apparently the snakes so far, they haven't figured them out. So I'm, I'm really pleased with that technique. That's good to know. It's good mm -hmm. to know. It's also, good, I mean, multi-purpose, right? You can also scare people with them. <laughs> yes. So. I know, because if you're not used to it, and you suddenly see a snake that's not real, you think it's real, you immediately jump. But I've oh, become man. accustomed to seeing it. If I see a real one, I probably won't jump when I should. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Snakes are our friends, but they're scary at the same time. But very few of them, you know, percentage-wise are, are poisonous. But mm -hmm. when we moved to Panama, though, remember, uh, this is before I knew you, but we were we lived in Panama back 2000, uh, let's see, 10, 11 time period. Mm -hmm. They had a snake down there called the Fur de Lance, which is one of the most poisonous snakes in the world. Apparently, it'll typically kill a, a grown person within 10 to 15 minutes. So, but anyway, I almost stepped on one one time when we lived down there. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I my story is, of course, about a, uh, what do they call a copperhead that I did actually almost step on, but I ended up capturing and calling a, a local herpetologist to pick it up. And uh, uh, it was gravid, as they say, which means it's pregnant. It was going to give a lot of little babies, and those things mm -hmm. bite anything. Uh, and they're nasty, although probably not as, mm -hmm. as deadly as the one you mentioned in Panama. Uh, but then again, and we get to the controversy, we're probably going to be banned because now we're talking about snake venom. <laughs> yeah. 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 True. And, you know, they, they had anti-venom right down there. Mm -hmm. So that was a big market down there to the to the gringos. And I wondered, look, in retrospect, how much was just kind of a big marketing to get the gringos to buy anti-venom to the fertilance? Is it mm -hmm. really that bad? Or were we all part of this giant ring? Yeah sell anti-venom because everybody bought the anti-venom so who knows who knows mm. all I right well, now <laughs> yeah yeah we know how much we're scammed by our own government uh much less if you go down to somebody else's and they see you come in it's like hey we know how to part you from your money but the federal reserve knows us how to part us from the value of the money that they print and we're in the midst of that uh i had uh, a fascinating discussion yesterday um, with, uh, from the Brownstone Institute. Um, it, it, it was just, dude, I mean, you got the eco economic background as an accountant and I'm thinking, how much does it cost to fill up a, 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 a truck? Like I saw your daughter, Brianna post something to like uh, Instagram, right? We're friends on Instagram. She's like over a hundred bucks to fill up. You think oh, about yeah. it. And that, that acceleration and decline of the purchasing power of the dollar on top of, of course, economic policies that are disastrous regarding uh, the, the lack of production of energy locally also contributing and making it worse. But how do we see this 
rolling out? I know we weren't planning to discuss economic issues, but I'm so curious as to what you feel. Are the people going to demand government intervention to save them from the poverty that is induced on them by the Federal Reserve? Or are they going to finally say, we've got to find another way to go economically and exchange things of value like gold and silver and gold backs and things like that? I don't know. <laughs> How will it play out? Who knows? Um, I think eventually we will be to that point, whether people do it voluntarily or not. But, you know, how does it play out between now and then? It's hard to tell. There's so many negative things going on economically, the you know, devaluation of the dollar. That's all that's all inflation really is. Right. This double digit inflation really means the dollar is being devalued to such an extent that it won't buy as much stuff. So the relative cost is going up, but it's really the devaluation of the dollar. Mm -hmm. How long will that last? Man, I don't know. I thought it would have been would have been through years ago and we're still hanging on by a thread. So. How long, how much longer? I have no idea, man. Well, I think that the idea of, as we've talked about for so many years, going to doctors or non-doctors that provide medicines that actually work, for instance, for cancer or other things is a decentralized option, even though the doctors themselves have been limited in their ability to come out and actually help you overtly versus us having to leave the United States to have treatments that our fear and death administration prohibit, for instance, uh, but also... If I take that out to the economic realm, we say, are we going to wait till the, the government approves of us using other forms of exchange and an, an economic interface? Or do we say, I don't need to give, I don't need to get permission. I'm not asking for it. We're just now going to do something different. And in fact, that difference is something that our founders knew were, was very important that we had abandoned. And when we did that in 1913 with the Federal Reserve Act, we mm -hmm. still up for economic slavery yeah i mean we're, we'll get to that point one way or the other like i was saying it, it may be of choice it may be a force but i think we will get to that point where we trade things and barter on a different scale than we do now uh due to you know devaluation of currency mm -hmm. of, yeah and it's really because it's currency it's not really it's, it's kind of an oxymoron in it devaluing yeah. currency because currency really doesn't have any value the only the only value that currency that's not gold backed has is just faith in it, right? Mm -hmm. It's backed back by the faith that it, that it's worth something. And when that that uh, faith is gone, the value of that currency goes, you know, it's gone. It it, it falls quicker than the the price of Bitcoin has lately, right? So yeah. It's a faster fall than that. It's sometimes overnight. So. So what what do we talk about? The, we then say the Federal Reserve note is illegitimate because it has nothing of real value it's it's attached to other than our belief in it or the mandate to use it for instance how about the fda how about the cdc is it our faith in those institutions that prop them up long after they are found to be criminal organizations i mean look at the fda approving an emergency use authorization for a covid experimental injection of mrna varieties six months old to five or six years old on what basis is there an emergency for that age group? There's not. Yeah. There, yeah. There, there's not, there's no emergency for toddlers that it's absurd, but the CDC, the FDA, they're not looking out for our best, best interest. If you, if you doubt that you need to watch propaganda exposed or read all over, over the internet. I mean, it's not even us that's saying it's everybody's talking about the corruption of the, these agencies. Now they're all infiltrated. They are all bought by different, um, whether you held a patent on certain things that you're selling, the, the agencies are compromised. And so 
this is no this is one one more thing that we see they're compromised on we saw an fda whistleblower talking about how that this this is so much money to them these the vaccines it's it's uh it's sad but it's true now these the, these agencies that are that are supposed to protect us mm -hmm. are not protecting us they're actually harming us because they are working for pharma now yeah they are doing the absolute opposite they have been for a long time it's just now that a lot of folks are waking up to that reality yeah. The question is, what do you do with that information now? Do you still cower in fear when the FDA says you can't do something or you have to do something? Or do you begin to say they're not legitimate? I shall ignore them from this moment forward. Well, that's that's what we do. We have to ignore them, especially when they're they're passing laws and, and, and mandates that are unconstitutional and immoral to us. Right. We have to say, no, we do not consent to this because we're violating our own principles. And that's what we're, that's exactly what we're just gonna have to do. And we're gonna have to continue to do that. It's just like well, the power, the power of no, right? Yes. I do not consent. And mean it folks. Yeah. It isn't enough. If they see that you're, you're uh, kind of stuttering and stammering when you say no, please, then they're going to run mm -hmm. roughshod right over you because they know you're fearful of them. And when you stop fearing them, their weapon, which is fear is, is it other than that, they're a bunch of, I don't want to speak negative of pansies, but the flower, but they're pansies in the human form. Uh, and they would not stand up if you stand up to them. Now, the parents are starting to stand up. This is a good news story. Uh, Fox News is reporting that parents now get to decide, like they couldn't before, if they will get their children jabbed against COVID-19. Of course, there was no availability for a six-month-old to a five-year-old prior to this EUA. Uh, the CDC's approval, FDA's approval of this authorization for as long as six months. And now in this article, what's fascinating to me is that I keep bringing this up and they are actually bringing it up as well. Recent Kaiser health poll found that just one in five parents say they will get their kids jabbed right away. That means 80% or more of the parents are not interested in jumping right on this bandwagon or ever at all of getting these things put into their little babies. Yeah, and that's um, that's that eighty percent we talked about last week, mm -hmm. right? You know, will will uh, will you do? Will you take the jab? You know, there's the eighty percent number. I think that we I think we discussed that last week, wasn't it? Yes, on the show. Um, so, and that's good. That's good because it shows that people are waking up and the parents are wanting to protect their kids from what they clearly see is now a failed vaccine. It's very toxic and it has a lot of side effects that people don't want to expose their kids to. So good for. I'm, I'm thankful that that that's the number. Well, if that's the case, and I don't doubt it, I mean, it's just astonishing. 80% now that are not jumping on it. It used to be 1%, 2 or 3% that would go, not interested. Yeah. Now, 80%. What does that say about the transition that we are in the midst of that maybe we haven't acknowledged as much as, you know, people like our friend Del Bigtree says, we are winning. We are winning. And like, yeah. really? Are we winning? You don't feel it sometimes. Yeah, we are. But when you see that number, Nothing you or I could have ever said, even with the people that listen to us and watch us, would have ever made a dent that would reach 80% of the population to have them become reluctant or vaccine hesitant or vaccine obstinate, which is what's happening now. Yeah. And don't you like the way that they, they're still, even though we are winning, they're st they still try to spin it in their favor. Look at the headline. Parents now get to decide if they will get their children vaccinated against COVID-19, right? Something to that effect. Like we now get to make that choice. Like it wasn't ours before, right? So it's, it's fun to like, 
oh, this is great for the parents. This is mm-hmm. the, well, you read, you got something that you didn't have before. No, it's always been the parents' right. Government tried to steal it for a while, but it's always been the parents' right. Mm-hmm. Is it true, Stevens commented uh, that Sweden has banned the shot for anyone under 30 years of age? That's interesting. Hmm. Wow. Okay. I haven't seen that, but if that's the case that, you know, some countries actually care a little bit more about their people. Oh, and uh, Kevin posted some nice pictures. I see you with in the, at the event in, uh, in Franklin uh, with Scott Shera, who is there speaking. And then you and me, when we were doing our broadcast from the event in your watermelon shirt, always makes me thirsty. Yeah. That's a, that's a, I got a lot of comments on that watermelon shirt. People really like that. I I think they're just saying that, but because they like you. But <laughs> well, you know, that's possible, but the, the shirt is actually pretty cool. Or maybe it's just the fact that they see me in a shirt that's not cut off and they're like, yeah. they're going to like anything that's not cut off. Because, like, dude, he dressed up for me. You know, <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> what you see is what you get. This is the what I dress all the time here in hot Tennessee. Tank yes. So, I, you know, this is just the way I dress. But um, occasionally I do wear a nicer shirt. So maybe that's what people notice. It's not just that it's watermelon. It's like, yeah. hey, the, the hillbilly Hank's not in cutoffs today. Cool. It looks, <laughs> it looks good. Yes. In the meantime, Jeffrey Tucker was wearing a little bow tie, as he always does on the show yesterday. I'm in a uh-huh. T-shirt, but it's summer. I'm trying to dress down as much as possible. I know when we get together occasionally for events, we'll, we'll dress up and just, just for fun, and that's okay. But I don't like to do that every day. Uh, so that's cool. Now, uh, the next fear-mongering, they're still playing with and toying with the idea that they can get us to get smallpox vaccines based on monkeypox. And now the movement is to rename monkeypox because it's offensive i guess to monkeys i'm not sure but apparently according to medical express they're trying to explain to us why monkeypox may get a new name i still don't get it and i'll maybe super don you can open your mic and let us know if if ty and i can't figure it out why are they trying to give a new name to monkeypox to whom does it offend uh people from africa i see you said this the other day i don't get it there are monkeys there are monkeys in Florida. Well, no, 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 no. It's just that, you know, there are certain, you know, monkey pox that, you know, they say, oh, uh, look, it's it's in London. Usually it's just in Africa. And then it's like, oh, so it's an African virus. It's the same thing they did with the coronavirus. You know, uh, they, they wanted to get rid of anything that might reference China uh, or the but Chinese. Monkeys. The, monkey, the monkeys are in Asia. I, the monkeys I are in, I think, Borneo and South America. There are monkeys everywhere. What are you telling me only monkeys are in Africa? This is no, really no, no, the no. Reason? See, you're you're connecting it to monkeys. It's, it's not, named it's monkey not about monkey. It's not it's, about monkey. Well, yes, that's another thing. Maybe maybe monkeys. If you it's know, not if named I, Africa pox. It's if monkey. you were a monkey, then you could protest the monkey pox. I guess because that's my point. Who does this offend? Monkeys. Yeah. You can't. Some say of the monkey offends. pox strains or whatever are named after areas of africa there's like the congo monkey pox and the, the whatever and so whatever i i think the whole uh, thing's stupid you know yeah. i thought it was with the coronavirus because you know let me ask you something before the coronavirus was a, a thing being talked about in the news yeah did you ever hear anybody talking about anti-asian hate no, I anti-Asian don't hate just suddenly just boing, there it is. And everybody's all oh, anti-Asian hate. You know, it's happening here, it's happening there. I'd never heard of anti-Asian hate until they tried to tie it to the coronavirus. Now look, there I'm sure there are, are really stupid people out there 
that will like because they they uh, they got the coronavirus and they'll go out a week later and punch somebody who's Asian because they got sick. Those people are just stupid. I don't think it has anything to do with the coronavirus. They're just dumb. They found a reason to punch somebody and they did. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not aware of any like anti-Asian hate stuff going on, but right. that, that's, that, that was the result, they said, of, of, of the coronavirus. And I guess they're trying to say that if they don't rename the monkeypox, the people are going to go out and start punching uh, uh, people that look like they're from Africa. Is there like mo- monkey hate crimes? I mean, I, I want to know what they're going to name it. What are they going to call it? You know, are they gonna? They're gonna pick Greek Greek letter. They can't use Greek letters because they use that for coronavirus. Well, that's offensive to Greek people. Maybe, <laughs> dude. There's no way to not offend somebody. Sorry, just like <laughs> stop it. Just get over it and move on. Yeah. I think the whole pox thing, of course, is overrated uh, as far as a, a dangerousness than the monkey pox. I mean, I, I don't know that they've reported one death from it. Uh, and the fact is, the deaths from those poxes largely happen because allopaths. Dumb doctors put mercury or mercury chloride on top of the pox and drove back into the body whatever was trying to get out on top of the mercury. So that you go back in history, and Ty, you know this, we, we've, we've done a lot of history discussions together and lectures on history, is that the suppression of the expression of a quote-unquote disease name is not the same thing as preventing it or overcoming it. That we would look to homeopaths and naturopaths and herbalists to say, hey, how do we express and move on beyond this? We don't damage the liver. That's a stupid idea. But the deaths due to monkeypox or smallpox or cow, all of these things are due to the allopathic intervention more than they are the pox itself. Yeah, and we've always seen the, the increase in outbreaks after vaccines are introduced. We've seen that across the board, uh, particularly with smallpox, huge outbreaks of smallpox. Um, after they introduced the vaccine. It's, it's documented in the register in England. I mean, this is fa- just a fact that they don't like to talk about. Uh, an interesting thing, too, about monkeypox, it's mostly spread by rats and rod- you know, rodents. It's not even primarily trans- transferred by monkeys. It's just yeah. a small percentage of the, the disease that's transferred, but it's mostly rodents, which is right. right. Wasn't it uh, uh, the uh, bubonic plague, Yersinia pestis? Wasn't that yeah. a... Uh, Virus spread by rodents? What is that? Uh, That's what, uh, yeah, they, they, they claim uh, the bacteria that uh, causes bacteria. it. They treat it with, right. uh, I believe, antibiotics now. But we have yeah. the ability homeopathically to address that as well. That's not un, uh, unusual or new. But a lot of these things, again, his, historically, and you're, you're bringing up some very important points there, Ty. The vaccination programs, for instance, to stop smallpox actually caused smallpox and worse created uh, such dangerous uh, infectious manifestations, sepsis, where they would have to cut off the arms of children that they gave this to. And the first anti-vaxxer group came out of Leicester, England, I believe it was, mm-hmm. not far from the Temple of Vaccinia, uh, which was uh, Jenner's place. And they realized they praised this guy for taking debris from a cow udder and, and, and you know, just unceremoniously cutting open the arms of innocent people and shoving it into their under their skin and going, Hey, we've cured it. It's like, that was because the milkmaids had some afforded apparently in protection of it. They came to that conclusion that will open up your arms and shove this stuff in. And it's not much better today with vaccination. That's the thing. It's a debris field. It's not real scientific and clean. Nothing about it is. I wish Liam Sheff were still around today, Ty, because he he hit this as hard as anybody so well. He knew this history. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, and we miss Liam. We miss Liam a lot. Um, you mentioned Leicester. Yeah, that's a, that's an area in England where they actually had mandatory smallpox vaccines, uh, and I think it was in 1885. And and 
upon mandating the, the smallpox vaccine to everybody, they had the biggest outbreaks mm-hmm. ever. And then over the next 10 to 15 years, the people just said, no, we're not going to take it. Even if you mandate it, they said no to the mandates. This is kind of our model, what we should do. And the rates of death and smallpox went down to nothing. So they showed that the vaccine is actually causing the outbreaks. Uh, but that was Lester that you mentioned, Robert. Mm-hmm. Super, Don, on this, you, you've got a highlighted couple of paragraphs. Is this from the article we have linked up or is this yes, a different article? Yep. <clears throat> All right. It says uh, an African press group has also expressed its displeasure against media outlets using images of black people alongside stories of monkeypox outbreak in North America and the United Kingdom. Okay. Um, We condemn the perpetuation of this negative. So it's not the name monkeypox. It's the fact that they're putting people of color in a picture about monkeypox. So should there be a quota? Should we have X number of white people and Asian people and Indian people and South American people and Maori people. And, and, and well, see, and this is, I don't know. This is just, it's the crazy thing about the human condition that there, listen, there are some people out there, I guess that, you know, when, when the, the coronavirus thing happened, they, uh, they, they blame Chinese people. When, if you remember back during, I believe it was, was it not the swine flu that it, they were saying that it was coming up from Mexico, so people then got angry with Mexicans because they got the swine flu. And so they, what they want to do is they want to try and sterilize everything and and make it so that uh, you you don't connect it to a certain you know country or whatever like that because they'll get offended and it's not politically correct. But you know, for me, I'm just I'm just using what I think is logic, common sense here. You know. Uh, the monkeypox was something apparently that was heavily going on in uh, Africa, par- parts of Africa. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of makes sense that the pictures that they took of people that had monkeypox happened to be from Africa. That doesn't mean that, you know, if it goes somewhere else that you're supposed to hate Africans because, I mean, that's just dumb. Those people are dumb. Those people will do dumb stuff, whether it's about monkeypox or anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's outlaw stupidity, not uh, calling, <laughs> you know, uh, diseases, you know, uh, yeah. according to their geographic origin. You know, it's just, what's wrong with that? Well, if you see it somewhere, they try to tie it to that or in, in an animal, they tie it that's to just, that. But it's uh, why do they call it just the, everything the terrain flu? And just start yeah. looking at the terrain and, and going, go. it's your yeah. terrain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be an interesting shift, wouldn't it? All right. Uh, what else we got to mention here? Uh, briefly, uh, I remind you, and, and Ty, you know, of course, about the orange TKO we've used for years. We have orange orange guard now. I don't know if you've ever encountered that, which is basically uh-huh. the same thing. It's delimonene, which we right. used as a cleaning agent. But this, uh, this went in, Tor McPartland went through many years ago. He's an environmental guy. And he went through all of the EPA hoops to jump through to get delimonene approved as a pesticide. Now, it's so safe. You can use it for organic agriculture and it will not reduce your designation. You'll still be organic. That's how safe this stuff is. And uh, on the air just a couple of days ago, I decided to show everybody. I'm like, I'm going to drink some. And I squirted some <laughs> delimonene. I said, I'm going to drink some pesticide because the guy that was challenged with glyphosate here, I've got a glass for you. He's like, no, I'm not stupid. I'm like, well, I'm stupid enough. I'm going to drink some, not glyphosate, but delimonene. And it's bitter. It's kind of nasty, but it doesn't harm you at all. Yet you can safely use it. So if you haven't checked it out, orangeguard.com. We have links up in the show notes at at robertscapbell.com. There it is. Natural, powerful pest control. So rather than using toxic poisons, 
please use something like delimiting and orange guard has got it. And, and you can actually see these, like I think in home depots and Lowe's. So it's not even like only in health food stores or you can buy it direct, but uh, it's a great product, a safe product, and it'll make everything smell like oranges. So that's a good thing. Yeah, that's, that, that is a good thing. I remember Robert, we were doing a conference years ago and you did the same thing with the orange TKO. Yes. You sprayed it in your mouth and it was uh, oh, this stupid thing. Uh, behind me. <laughs> me what is that? Off. What are you doing? He's got music playing in the background. We got... I, it's like this loop DVD of this of a fish tank. You can see. Oh, okay, I got you. But, but then all of a sudden, sometimes it pauses and starts playing the music. I don't know why. But anyway, <laughs> it's, it's like my natural fish tank. I don't have to feed the fish, but I feel like there's fish here. All right. Yeah. But yeah, I remember uh, the, the orange TKO. That's good stuff. And um, you know, there's there's a lot of research that shows that the delimonene, delimonene, however you say it. I yep. usually say delimonene, but mm -hmm. either way, yeah. you know, potato, potato. Uh, it's anti-cancer. There's a lot of studies that show that it's 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 got anti-cancer properties in the delimonene as well. See, so, uh, a lot of a lot of reasons to use you know citrus oils like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I, I mentioned that the University of Arizona did some studies to show it had powerful anti-cancer properties as mm -hmm. well. Um, the orange, the citrus, there's a lot of benefits to that. And of course, now we can use it again, safely as a pesticide for those that you need that to, to knock out the midges or the little roaches and ants and stuff. It's a wonderful tool, a safe tool, uh, even around your animals. Now here's a, a hey, you know, Robert, you just proved though that for those that say you might that you're a pest, yes, you're not. I'm not. I didn't it, die. It didn't I, kill you. It didn't. Yeah. So, ha ha, and everybody that thinks I'm a pest. There you go. You got proof. <laughs> oh, uh, did did you get re did you um as far as October mid October is the Health Freedom Expo again? Uh -huh. Are you guys gonna go again? I hope. Indeed, we are. Yeah. All right. Up in Tinley, Tinley Park. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We'll so uh, I think it's the 15th and 16th of October. Uh, yeah. the health freedom expo, Trinity health freedom expo.com. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And, uh, Ty and Charlene are going to be there now. That's great. Even, even better. And we have a lot of cool people. Bradley Nelson, the emotion code guy is going to be there and a whole lot of our friends. It's a reunion. Every time we get together, number of other upcoming events, we'll let you know about, but I just wanted to check in and make sure that, uh, you guys could be at the Trinity health freedom expo as well. And, uh, I think a little bit, I think of a week or so more for those that want to exhibit at that event. There's a hundred dollars off for if you believe that the health freedom crowd really needs to know about your product or services, get a booth, save a little money and support the community as well. And they'll support you. It's that people come out and they're really appreciative that you're there at the health freedom expo. All right. Next story here from Healthline. headline reads task force says not enough evidence on vitamins as a way to reduce cancer or heart disease risks. Now, I always have to bring the question up about when they say that, are they talking about synthetic vitamin isolates? Are they talking about whole food nutrition or are they making a di distinction of delineation or is this propaganda to promote drugs and only drugs for cancer and heart disease? Yeah, that's a good question. What kind of, what kind of vitamins are they talking about? Um, but you know, it's, it's like vaccines, you know, it's a vague term. Mm -hmm. So they, all vaccines are safe and effective. All vitamins are not good. Well, I mean, if we look at Dr. Rath, in Netherlands, you know, he's been using vitamin C with uh, amino acids, lysine and proline, EC, ECGC, uh, uh, all vi basically vitamins, right? Plant vitamins and, you know, minerals to treat cancer and, and reverse cancer. It's, he's had, what, 10,000 studies or something that have been published. So 
I mean, it gets beyond absurd when you read an article that says there's not enough evidence to prove this. There's so much evidence to prove it. They just don't want you to know about it. So they they published crap like this that makes people mm -hmm. that don't know how to research believe that vitamins are not cannot be effective at treating any disease. Yeah, to your point, they broad base it to such an extent that it becomes almost meaningless as an article. Yeah, just. I mean, just say a general thing and go, all right, you don't want it. You don't need it. Now, what are they really saying? An independent panel of national experts in disease prevention. Now, we know how much expertise they have in preventing COVID and treating COVID. So already yeah. you got to go, hmm, I wonder if these people are, uh, uh, you know, intelligent at all. And then, then they say evidence-based medicine. And, and it's funny. We covered another story the other day, Ty, where yeah. it was, I believe, five, five percent of all medical treatments have what they call really solid medical evidence in the peer reviewed literature for their use in a specific way. 5%, not 10, not 20, not 50, 5%. And so they're talking evidence-based medicine. I go in there again, I go, all right, these are the people that claim that they know evidence-based medicine. And they say, basically the evidence is insufficient to determine the balance of benefits and harms of supplements with multivitamins for the prevention of cancer and cardiovascular disease. Again, if you keep it generic like that, you have plausibility in making a statement like that. And it doesn't really mean a whole lot. But if you start breaking down like what we know, for instance, one of the most studied minerals on the planet, selenium, is the most profound anti-cancer mineral that exists in prevention and reversing cancer. So they could say a general statement about vitamins and have you not look at the fact that selenium is profoundly powerful in addressing most every cancer. Yeah, selenium, you know, mentioned vitamin C. Uh, they, they do, you know, very generic terms so that people just think that, you know, everything is under that category. And the, the truth is there's a lot of gray in between. And there's a lot of things that, you know, it'd be like saying, um, you know, food is yummy. A general statement like this is like, mm -hmm. well, what foods? Because some foods are yummy and some foods are horrible. Mm -hmm. So, but the you know, food is yummy. It's a general statement like that. So now everybody thinks all food is yummy. That's what they do. This, you know, not enough evidence to say vitamins vitamins there's tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of supplements out there mm -hmm. with different minerals and vitamin combination what are you talking about when you say vitamins it's too vague it means nothing as you mentioned it means it just means nothing it just makes me crazy it makes my teeth itch to read articles like this yeah it, what are you going to say and also i would acknowledge and as would you most multivitamins that you get whether in health food stores or mass market right. Yeah, are, are things you wouldn't ever take. We would never argue yeah. are actually really good for you. Now, there might be a placebo impact, people taking it and they feel better. We acknowledge those realities. But why would we waste our money on something we don't need? In fact, we look for the things that actually work. And, you know, one of the things that works for both of us and, and Super Don as well is the, uh, the cardio miracle. I mean, that's mm -hmm. like a basic, wonderful thing. And uh, apparently, uh, uh, well, Super Don's still not getting migraines. I haven't seen, I don't remember the last time he was knocked out of this show. And we know that that had a lot of uh, vascular benefit that impacts, of course, even migraine manifestation. And this is not Cardio Miracle making a claim. This is me telling you the story of Super Don. And the, one of the most amazing benefits that we saw uh, within our own family or sphere of how the benefits are occurring. For me, it's more or less my ability to go in and work out and run circles around young people. I think that's pretty cool. I enjoy that. <laughs> But uh, for anybody that gets a benefit, I'm happy. And th those things are really good. Uh, let's yeah, see. Yeah, you know, I look, I look forward to it. I don't know about you, Robert. When I take mine in the morning, mm -hmm. but I look forward to it because it's kind of like my, when growing up, I drank Tang. 
You right? did Tang too? Tang. Oh, ow. And so Cardio Miracle kind of reminds me of Tang, but it's a healthy Tang now. It's, so I, I, that's my morning drink now. I, that's funny that you drank Tang. Remember, that was the era where, you know, the astronauts drink it. Hey, mom, I want some yeah. Tang. In I fact, I had the Apollo 11 astronaut booties. Now come to find out they can't make it through the Van Allen radiation belts. And I was lied to about that and Santa Claus. Actually, no, Hanukkah Harry. That wasn't. <laughs> yeah, those those darn Van Allen belts, the radiation belts, they're hard to come by. They're hard, they're hard explanation. Yes. Right? <laughs> maybe we should maybe we should say they're filled with monkey pox. That's why we didn't go to the moon. Oh, that's offensive to monkeys. <laughs> Just call it pox. <laughs> but, you know, Don was talking earlier about, you know, it's like people are looking for different things to be offended about. It's like uh, you know, that's not, that's not offensive to black people to have a black person on the cover of something about monkeypox Cause we know that there was an outbreak in Africa where there's black people. It's not offensive. And, um, and I'm also with you too, Don. i never heard of Asian hate before they told us there was an outbreak of Asian hate everywhere. I didn't so one know of the, one of the things that I, that I rant about, you know, yeah. and my, and you know, my wife rolls her eyeballs and my kids leave the room, you know, when I, whenever I do, it's just, you know, one of those things, it's like going to a Mexican restaurant mm-hmm. and they always give you a hot plate. And I've never yeah. understood that. Why? I can go to any other restaurant anywhere else. They don't get, oh, be careful. Don't touch the plate. It's hot. Why Mexican restaurants? Why do they always give you a plate that you could brand a cow with or something? <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, that's another topic. But, yeah. uh, you know, the whole Asian hate thing. It's just like, they're, what, where did that come from? And you're going to tell me that, that, that they're going to blame it on the coronavirus? That suddenly people just decided, you know what, that coronavirus was in China. Let's go beat up some Chinese people. Those people are st- those are morons. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. You, you can't fix stupid. Is the reality. Sometimes, yeah, yeah I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, they tell us these. There's these outbreaks and there's these things that are happening. You know, uh, racist. You know, one way or the other, and we're supposed to believe this, but it's like, are they just making all this stuff? Are they creating it? They they speaking this stuff? Are they creating these conflicts to mm. like a self fulfilling prophecy? You wonder speaking it into reality, I guess, yeah. and people are buying it. Yeah. Uh, there's another thing I don't. I'm not prepared to talk about it, but the more we're learning, once again, of the Uvalde, if it was called that school shooting. Oh yeah. It, it, it's weirder by the day, dude. The dot, the, 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 they, they apparently were already in the school. The cops, they were body armored up. They didn't go in to save the kids. It's like, yeah. It, 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 and super Don, you know, you go bonkers with all of these things. Cause what can you validate? What can you not validate? But good Lord, it just seems like a major mess up. And at the least, at the least, that's an understatement. And at the worst, again, we get back to the false flag scenarios of let's create an event to create more gun grabbers out there. Uh, and anything in between. It's just, ugh, I don't, I don't even like yeah. talking about it, but it just comes to mind again. Yeah. yeah that's a topic ahead, for another day. You know, the thing that I hate though, is that, you know, they you have one of these, uh, these shootings mm-hmm. and you kind of just go, Oh man, God, that's terrible. What happened? But God, you know, they're going to take, try and take advantage of this to try and, and, you know, grab, grab guns, go after the second amendment. Yeah. And then it's like, for the next week, it's like, oh, there. By the way, there was a shooting over here. Oh, and there's another shooting over here. And look at the shooting over here. And another shooting. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just like suddenly in the in the news, every you know, there's like five more shootings that go on mm-hmm. after one of these things happen. Is it a copycat thing? Is it just those things were kind of going on already anyway, but now they're being highlighted? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. And they're it's still very frustrating, but it always happens. The number of of yeah. people that are saved by firearms. 
I think it, it well outweighs those that are take the lives are taken by it. Uh, but that's not really popular to cover in the press. You know, no. what is popular or should be more popular to cover in the press are the articles at thetruthaboutcancer.com. Why do I say that? Because Ty Bollinger's here and he's bigger than me. No, no, that's not why I'm saying it. <laughs> it's because there's an awesome article that we have linked up in today's show notes called 17 Essential Facts About Cancer. And it's a really concise, direct, like, I love it when you nail it. One, two, three, four. Uh, make it easy for folks. And uh, I don't know if we if we have time to go through all 17, but any of these that you want to highlight in this article that you and Charlene uh, worked on a while ago, and it's uh, been republished just a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, before I do, though, I want to mm-hmm. talk real quick about you mentioned Uvalde because I, yes. I didn't want to address that. And then we can we can talk about these 17 facts. Sure. But, um, you know, I, I don't really know a lot about what happened. I can I just I've read some some stuff and on both sides of the aisle. But one of the things I saw a video compilation that was put together by Alex Jones with InfoWars. And more than anything else, it convinced me something's really, really fishy here. Uh, other than all the inconsistencies in the stories, the cops that were inside and all this, this is just the reaction of the parents. It was a 20 minutes of parents talking about their daughter or son that had just been killed. And there's not a, one shed tear. None of them cry. Um, they're, it's they're to me, it looks like they're trying to act sad, some of them. Um, and and then later on, they'll be smiling in the same interview, laughing about it, how they rejoice in this little girl's life and how much she loved life. And they're smiling. And I'm like, no way. That That's not the way I'm reacting. That's not the way Robert's react. That's not the way anybody I know would react if their daughter had just been killed three hours before. Hmm. It's just really unnatural reactions and then they would always follow it up with we need reasonable gun legislation now and multiple families members said that after their daughter or son had just been killed they have talking points basically no parent would say that in my opinion no if anything you'd be screaming for you know ban guns you know if you're of that ilk already rather than we need reasonable anything there's nothing reasonable about that at that moment. You're right. That just adds to the mix of bizarreness of, the, of that event weird. and many of these events. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not here to definitively claim I know all of what happened there, but it certainly, again, is suspicious to say the least. All right. So the 17 essential oh, yeah. facts about cancer, uh, you, you know, number you go one, right. Go yeah, ahead. Just, number one, prevention is best. I always want to prevent something instead of having to treat it if you're diagnosed. So prevention is number one. And so there's a lot of different things that you can do to prevent cancer, but you, you need to become familiar with those and live a preventative lifestyle rather than having to treat it. But it is treatable. And that's the good news. There's always hope with cancer. Um, and then we go, what is the, the definition of cancer? Is it genetic? What kinds of pollution can increase your risk of cancer? What about smoking, sleep? Mm-hmm. Do, does uh, What about ch- uh, cancer in children? What are the rates of cancer in children? I'm just going through the list. Nitrates. This is in a lot of cold cut meats. Very, you should be familiar with this. Lots of studies have shown if you're eating conventional cold cuts a lot, you know, which a lot most people do, that you increase your risk of cancer, especially if you're a man. Um, and men and cancer for some reason increase higher rates. Maybe maybe because we eat more bologna. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but the risk of cancer from nitrates is higher. Um, different rates of cancer in men and women. It goes into different age. Is obesity a factor? Uh, what about skin cancer? What's apoptosis? Um, and then uh, nutrition, you know, the different ways that nutrition impacts cancer and health. So 
it's a it's a very all-encompassing article it doesn't go in a lot of detail but it gives you a good overview of these things well i, I like that uh, it's simple and and it's just kind of you know it may be entry level for for us here that we go oh we know a lot of this but there are a lot of folks out there that still haven't encountered some of the basic information and i i unfortunately i forget that sometimes i've been immersed so much and so long in this that going back to the basics like you guys do with these articles is really great uh, another article here from the truth about cancer.com it's linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com is does the government care about environmental toxins and this goes to the heart of uh, regulatory capture because i've argued for years that the epa basically enables polluters to pollute the big ones and then yeah. would go after somebody who dares to uh uh i don't know put a shovel of dirt on a on a little puddle on their property and claim that they've done a federal wetland violation of some kind uh and so the real perpetrators of crime in terms of toxic pollution are able to buy their way out of it because they basically control the regulators i know that's not the totality of this article but that, that comes to mind again with environment and and thinking how do we protect it without an epa yeah epa does about about as good a good job protecting the environment as the cdc does it uh protecting us from harmful vaccines right mm -hmm. they don't do a very good job and um you know that was the epa that was uh the effects of uh bio sludge uh was the the topic and i'm trying to think of the the doctor's name dr david lewis where it was a former uh, scientist for the EPA. I interviewed him for the truth about vaccines, but he was also in uh, some, some recent docu-series, The Propaganda Exposed. He talked about the way that the FDA had been captured. I mean, I'm sorry, the EPA had been captured. And, you know, they, they, had, they were, uh, you know, telling him to stop his research when it showed that there was this toxic human feces that's being used as, as fertilizer, bio sludge, is killing people. They want him to bury the data, right? Just like the CDC did with Dr. Thompson on vaccines. So, uh, yeah, this is the, they're not here to protect us. None of these agencies protect us. They protect industry. They protect industries like tobacco, like the asbestos manufacturers, things that have caused. They protect those industries. That's what they're there for. They're not there to protect us. Yeah, well, I think that's a wake up, a, a maturation. I think that has to take place uh, in an era where we've never not known life without the bureaucratic oligarchy in other words an epa in our lifetime uh an fda all of these things that didn't exist forever in american history in fact there were other ways to address like toxic poisons if you lived on a property or had land and somebody was polluting either airborne or otherwise polluted and harmed you you had an ability to go through the court system and say hey you violated my right to life liberty or in this case property and you've threatened me and then you could actually have a fair and impartial hearing i think that's long gone because now the they say well you can't sue us the epa regulates us take it up with the epa and you'll go well the epa is not responsive then you write to your congress critter and they go all right let me write a letter on your behalf to the epa and the epa writes back and says to your congressman well change the law and then congressman writes you say i'm sorry i can't do anything unless we change the law and nobody wants to change the law so sorry right so they continue to enable the polluters and in rare times you can you can pierce that veil like with the crime of uh roundup right with monsanto now bayer being sued glyphosate causing cancer and having multi-billion dollar awards apparently and 
those suits are continuing to go on, but it's not an ideal circumstance to get there. A lot of people have been harmed and killed and, and given granted, uh, I say granted, but uh, developed cancer because of it that may never see any remedy in the courts. Yeah, you know, but it is encouraging that I see a lot of commercials, you know, have you been harmed by glyphosate? If so, call this number, this attorney, whatever. I don't mm -hmm. necessarily like the attorney's pounding business that way, but it's, it's good to see that these lawsuits are happening. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I guess maybe that's the way they have, have to solicit the people, especially for a class action. So maybe that's just the way that you do it. But um, I do like that. The fact that, that uh, people are being, being more aware of how the damage that glyphosate's done. So it's going to open their minds to the fact that, hey, maybe these other things, not just glyphosate, maybe we're being harmed by other stuff. So I think it's all part of this great collective awakening that's happening. Yeah, it takes a lot uh, to get us to the point of uh, realizing that we must defend our own life or liberty or property or help others to do the same that can't do it as well for themselves. But to centralize all of the power within government to pretend then that we're going to protect all y'all and only find out decades later that it was a ruse, it was a scam, and it made it easier for, in this case, the toxic polluters of the multi-billion dollar multinational corporations to buy the regulators, control the regulators, and then thumb, you know, thumb their nose at you and go, yeah, just come, try and come at me. And, uh, you know, you'll go bankrupt trying to do it with rare exception. So I think that the question or the answer to your question about does government care about environmental toxins? No, I mean, they only care about what the agenda is like global warming, global cooling, et cetera. And even yesterday we had Dane Wigginton on. Uh, about the uh, geoengineeringwatch.org and and how you know the spraying out of these airplanes and much worse than that uh, the alteration of the uh, environment and the weather itself by ionizing the atmosphere uh, another harsh reality patented already the science is there we know it exists very few people are addressing that and even if we bring up the point of toxic poisons you know like what is that? No, 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 no. You just need to uh, just come to get more toxic poisons to address what was caused by your toxic poisons, a.k.a. Uh, a cancer doctor. Right. That's what the government says is the only thing you're allowed to do. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, their, their official position is that, is that only drugs can treat disease. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the FDA's official position is that only drugs can treat disease. So any claims outside of an FDA approved drug that this mitigates with anything is basically against it's illegal, right? You will get you hounded by the FDA and eventually shut down your company, mm -hmm. right? Hold you liable. So uh, that's the problem that, um, you know, they're, 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 and they're, they're basically unregulated, right? They, they just, they do whatever they want to do and they get attacked yeah. people. They attack anybody that they want to. That's, that's going to, uh, it's going to impinge on big farmers revenues. That that's so that's basically what the FDA does. The FDA is basically like the mob that mm -hmm. protects pharma. I just yeah. rambled all over the place there, but that's the bottom line. No, and that's it. You know, it, I, I need some more CBD right now just to address the annoyance that not what you said, but that we are all acknowledging that point of, you know, the loss of control over our own or bodily autonomy as the government claims ownership over us or our children and on and on it goes. Uh, Red Pill Expo is coming up. I forgot that I keep asking, meaning to ask you, and I think I did last week. I don't still remember. That's in Indianapolis, Indiana, Red Pill Expo. And it's a pretty decent like area in terms of the Midwest. A lot of people can get there. Hopefully the, the gas won't be 10 bucks a gallon by then. But huh. I just want to remind folks, G. Edward Griffin, who has been given a Lifetime Achievement Award as well by Ty Charlene and the Truth About Cancer for his work. 
He's still going strong. He's amazing. And I hope that you'll support the Red Pill Expo. If you go to redpillexpo.org, um, there are ways to get tickets. I'll be speaking there. I'll be emceeing at that event as well. Also, another event in August. Uh, th- that one's July 9th and 10th, but August the 6th, I'll be back in Pittsburgh, PA. I wish you guys still had your condo there in Pittsburgh, PA, but I'm going to be visiting uh, August 6th at the Sheraton Pittsburgh Hotel. And uh, 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 this is going to be with uh, our good friend, Dr. Tracy Straup, Judy Mikovits, Dr. Len, Jamie Dorley from Nutritional Frontiers. Appreciate them so very much, their support of health, freedom, and healing liberty here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. They have a discount code RSB15, anything they have from their CBD certified organic U.S. grown to the, the sleep time formula, which is great. We talk about sleep all the time. Reach out, nutritionalfrontiers.com. They have uh, June Focus, 14% off a bunch of their great products, including you can use, because you're here, RSB 15, 15% off. In addition to their sale of 14% off, you can double dip because he loves and appreciates all y'all here in the Robert Scott Bell Show audience. Sign up for email alerts. You can text RSB to 22828. And if you are not getting the Truth About Cancer email alerts, is there a text number or can they just go to truthaboutcancer.com and just sign up there for email alerts? Yeah, the truthaboutcancer.com. Yeah. yeah, easy enough. And any other upcoming travel trips? I keep asking because sometimes things pop up week to week that I don't know about that I should know about. Uh, not for the rest of the month. Maybe, maybe going someplace uh, in July, but uh, nothing, nothing for the rest of June. How about you? Uh, yeah, July is the first one we're going out for the Red Pill Expo. And we got autism one in August as well. Uh, I think I remember you mentioning that you're, you're going to do an event with Billy D, our buddy Billy D out in uh, California. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's July. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. End of July. We're going to go out there for uh, for us. It's like a three hour one day deal with uh, we'll be speaking in Dr. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think who, who else with us. Um, Snake Venom. Um, Oh, Brian Artis. Yeah, Art, Dr. Yeah. Artis. Great. Well, if you get that, um, the, like a banner we can send people to next time, I'd love for them okay. to support it. I don't know. It'll probably sell out because Billy D puts on a good show no matter what. I'm glad you guys are going out there. Yeah, I'll Hopefully. get that for you. Don't get contaminated by anything weird in California when you're there, though. <laughs> we're not going to go to Hollyweird, so no problem. Okay, very good. Very good. All right, so uh, with that, we're going to wrap up today's show uh, for UK Health Radio. For those that want to stick around, 60 seconds, a little bit of bonus time. We'll check out what's going on in the chat room. Kevin Tuttle, our buddy Kevin, was one of those that won the lottery to speak at the ASIP meeting via Zoom, a three-minute presentation. I think it may have already happened. I want to find out if we can more about that when we do the bonus round after this. But TMB, tell them what they need to know before we got to go. Always remember the power to heal is yours. I just uh, saw a post on Facebook from Suzanne Summers uh, announcing the passing of the great Stephen Sinatra, Dr. Stephen Sinatra, cardiologist and uh, holistic integrative medical guy who I befriended many years ago. And he's been on this show. It's been a while. And in fact, one of the interesting stories about Stephen Sinatra, and according to uh, Suzanne Summers, uh, he was quick, unexpected and shocking his death. So it wasn't a prolonged illness. I sincerely doubt that he would have been jabbed, that Stephen Sinatra would have known not to do that. So, uh, but there's no information on that. I just knowing him, that probably wasn't a contributing factor in this case. Uh, but I was thinking about Stephen Sinatra the other day. And uh, speaking of Dr. Sinatra, 
you know, when my uncle Bob, who I've talked about over the years many times with great fondness, a physician that he was and how he uh, ended up dying, not of cancer, but the treatment of cancer for cancer, it was too much. And he couldn't, even though he began to become more holistic than even I knew about things, he was telling me, yeah, I've connected with Dr. Steven Sinatra and he's helping me. And I'm like, that was awesome. Uh, and the last few months of my uncle Bob's life, he was painting and doing wonderful things. It was really great to see him at in that point, not controlled by medicine at that, you know, for a little while. So, uh, condolences to the, for the loss of Steven Sinatra on uh, to his family and friends. And we have to reach out to Suzanne Summers and get her on to talk about him because he was, uh, there it is. Yeah. Thanks. Super Don. Um, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a major, uh, player, if you will, in, in our natural health kind of industry that has been a speaker and uh, uh, really a, a bright light in the midst of a lot of things that have gone wrong with medicine, a really good man. And uh, see see you at another time in another place, Dr. Sinatra. Thank you for all that you did while you were here. And again, shout out to his family. So that just literally on the break, just saw that. So I didn't know about that mm -hmm. until this moment. So I don't know if when we had Dr. Sinatra on, was it before Super Don or not? Because it goes so far back, so many years ago. I mean, I know his name. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't recall. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah. Believe it or not, there is a before me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's been a whole lot with me, though. Gosh. Yeah. And whenever I think about it, I'm just like, really? Seventeen years? Where did the time go? <laughs> I mean, really, that sounds like a really long time, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that we are the old kids on the block at this point. You yeah. know, when people find us just now out of the blue still happens. And they're like, I never knew about you. You've been doing this for how long? How many how many health shows have been out there for as long as, as this show? You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think we even predate, uh, you know, stuff like... Uh, was was Dean Adele around in '99? Good question. I think he was, but he was, he's, not, okay. he's not any longer. But I he's mean, gone now. Yeah, yeah. So you've got you've got somebody like let's say like Dr. Bob Martin. He's mm -hmm. been around for a really long time, right? Dr. Bob Martin, one of the 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 legacies, right. if you will, of natural health talk radio, etc. He's still yeah. he's still still doing his thing. Yeah, he's an old timer. Uh, my good friend Patrick Timpone still doing it. He's been at it for a long time. That's yeah, yeah. That's true. That's mm -hmm. true. That guy is so like mellow, though. Yeah, you know, he's a mellow. You listen to a show. Yeah. I'm just like, he's got gosh, a, man. He's got a voice that'll just kind of relax you. You're just kind of like listening to Grandpa telling <laughs> stories about you know the wars. I mean, it's just like, um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that is true. So mm -hmm. there's there's a few there's a few out there. Not a yeah. lot though. Oh, uh, let's see. Christy's asking about protein powders. You know, I don't do a lot. My favorite protein powder over the years is still, they've never done better than that One World Way. I don't think it's called that anymore. It's called but something that, else. Now. Yeah, but that yeah. was the grass-fed stuff. I mean, but if you're looking for a, uh, let's say, a <laughs> dairy-free version. I don't I don't know how long that, that keeps. <laughs> yeah. I've got a tub of it, I think, up in my yeah. closet. That, I wonder. That it just got put away. Um, and I, you know, I do like the, you know the hemp proteins. If you like that, I I don't know consistency. People have different things about. Oh, I don't like the consistency. Well, what's the reason things? why you would take it? I mean, I guess is the question, right? You Actually, know? if you need, if you feel like you need extra protein for some protein, reason, protein, so acids, you know, a, like a, a whey yeah. protein. Unless new science has come out since I've looked into protein, because that was mm -hmm. a thing when I was working out. 
Yeah. But, uh, you know, whey protein is the one that's the most bioavailable. Right. They got organic ones that are non-dairy. I know. And we have some. I don't use it often. Again, I I love that stuff way back in the day because it it was like it had a plus factor that was quite unique. I think the the stuff was really energetic. But um, for me, again, uh, if you guys have a favorite, quote unquote, protein powder, let us know. Ancient nutrition. Somebody make sure it's clean. Yeah, of course. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's a thousand, yeah. tons, thousands of, of protein powders that are out there, and a lot yeah. of them are crap. And, you Leslie, know, that goes back to that story that we were that we were covering there about uh, supplements don't work. Right, yes. You know, and it's like... Say it broader and more vaguely. You know, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't work. There's a lot of crap that's out there. It doesn't, not just supplements, mm-hmm. on everything, you know? I mean, every product, you know, you've got, you get what you pay for. Right. sometimes and so you just have to know what it is you have to do just do a little bit of homework yeah on what it is that you're putting in your mouth you know leslie uh as it says she takes it on days when she doesn't want a big breakfast like she'll do it you know in, in the days when i was doing more uh shakes and smoothies i would add like a pro- an organic protein po- a powder sometimes not all the time uh and you know i haven't done that in a while i just be honest i'll do it occasionally as a treat but for me, I'm just eating quality whole foods. I take my supplements. We do our, our cardio miracle. We, you know, do some things. So just hasn't been an issue for me. That's why I don't know if there's stuff that's new or coming out like that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll do the raw milk, which I like occasionally, like in a smoothie. If you go to places, you can do that. Mm-hmm. So let's see. I like to, uh, I like to use the living fuel. Mm-hmm. when it comes to smoothies and you could just add yeah. to it you know whatever you want to it you right know, thing. Yeah. steven says uh is it is that spirulina yeah highest protein content by weight get a clean clean spirulina my wife would eat like spoonfuls of spirulina when she was pregnant that was her mm-hmm. thing like that was it huh? pickles and ice cream no it was spirulina for her spirulina yeah yep i'm with you leslie there you go uh let's see what else we got going on in the chat room we didn't even I'm do curious you know it's interesting because we have usually have two chat rooms that we go back and check and stuff and now it's like ever since they facebook blocked us on gone. facebook there's not a lot going on just marge is on one of those once but in a she's while, all alone I mean, we've got several people that are watching on twitch yeah uh you know a handful of people sometimes watching on d live mm-hmm. and those numbers i think have gone up because people that were on facebook are going there i think a lot of them are going to the website and they're watching us mm-hmm. there um, I don't know what to do about Facebook. That sucks because, you know, there were, there were times we had 30, 40 people watching well, on Facebook. There's no know? explanation for why we're, we're not streaming live on it. Cause we well, can post. Okay. I, I did get a message yeah. from one of our listeners mm-hmm. and she was explaining how she's run into the same situation before herself. Okay. And this was, I'm not going to be able to get to it now. It was, it was to the show page. <sighs> Hold on. Going over there. Too many damn things to click on. Yeah. All right, Cindy. Mm-hmm. So just a heads up, what I found out regarding live videos when they don't allow, it's usually for 29 days, she thinks. Really? If they consider your account violated their standards, which we know are ridiculous, they'll attach... It to your account where you can't go live. She says she knows this because they did it to her account. Um, 
they even made it so she couldn't share and comment in, in uh, groups too. Uh, so anyway, hmm. that, that it's so whatever you know. Here's here's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna keep trying to do it, and you know, for the next few weeks. And if it looks like it's not going, then I'm going to just. I won't say that we're banned on Facebook because our page is still there. Yeah, but the the live feed is the live is feed is, is not going to work. So we'll just continue to post, you know, where people can go to watch it. Yeah, I guess the only the only thing I can think of as a workaround is I would have to sign up a new account on Facebook, and then and then we would be able to, mm -hmm. you know, on the new account. Be able Why don't to we sign up for a new account on YouTube and get banned there as well? YouTube is is a whole different animal, though. You have to admit, I mean, they yeah. they were extremely strict mm -hmm. on us, and once they once they got wind of us, you know, they dinged us on everything, and and so I think YouTube would be kind of a waste of time at this point if we're going to continue putting out the information we're putting out. Now, if you wanted yeah. to do a a sanitized version mm -hmm. of the Robert Scott Bell Show, we could do that, but. I think then that would be kind of going against our principles a little Ooh, bit. Who would so. scrub it, you know? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So anyway, whatever. Mm. Whatever. If people want to watch us, they know where to find us. Okay. I got a text from my son at Porkfest, the Porcupine Festival in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. He says they have set up a, they've got a huge tent, um, gold back at the, yep. uh, Porkfest. Um, and they have a, a, it was just a little table with my son and Ben, who's working with them at the Goldback booth. And they now have set up, apparently, quite organically in a libertarian style fashion, a whole marketplace has popped up inside the Goldback tent for random people to put random things up for sale for Goldbacks. Oh. Isn't that cool? That's okay. the, a libertarian market just popped up. You should up. ask hey. him if he's run into Jeffrey Tucker or not. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned to him yesterday, I'll, I'll uh, ask him if, if uh, Jeffrey Tucker yeah. showing up. I don't know how long Jeffrey's going to be there. Or I'm sure he's speaking like a featured speaker or something there as well. But he's having a great time. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, tomorrow, mm -hmm. we'll have Emord number one. Looks like Joni Abbott's been scheduled for hour two. Oh, man. I'm so excited. That's going to be great. Yes. And then on Friday, we have Fiona Price mm -hmm. uh, talking about relationships. Okay. On Saturday, we have our AMA at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. Mm-hmm. And... Sign up because you could win one of these. $300 full retail value, even at 50% off, $149.99. And I'm going to give one of these to somebody that's a patron supporter that shows up for our AMA. We'll figure out how we do that. That's but ridiculous, man. That's IGF one plus the platinum three hundred thousand level. That's can I show yeah, my muscles yet? Whatever, go ahead. Really, you're just gonna whine into you. Yay! Look, all right, getting Hulk Hogan. Look, it's all about the IGF. The IGF and the workout. Yeah, um, three hundred dollar retail value on that bottle. Yeah. And are do, are you gonna are you gonna put the pressure on me to come up with the the trivia question for that? I think we're gonna both work on it. I, honestly, okay. you'll. I'm just, we'll, we'll talk about it some more about how that makes me nervous. I, don't I wanna, agree. I know. I, I it's an intense one, and, and I don't want to throw it all on you. So, yeah. uh, we're gonna talk about how we're gonna do that. But I hope you'll join us at the AMA on on Saturday, the 25th of June, 2022, and that's uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern time, or 
I don't know if you're in Europe what time it'll be, but it won't be unreasonable. And it'll be daylight anyway when you're in Europe. It's so light late at night in June. So let's see. Anything else? Leslie says where she's at, mm -hmm. Saturday is supposed to be over 100 degrees. Wow. And I know here we're going to be in the uh, we're going to be in the nineties for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, let's see, Crazy Lady Jane, and is it D Live? Is the yellow image? Yes. Okay, so on D Live, this thing again, you're going to be able to get it for one forty nine ninety nine. There, there's a discount, of course, but I so far I haven't gone through a whole bottle, and I I've been using it a couple of months, so I do just a squirt a day. And uh, so I'd say a couple of months at least. That's what I've found with this. Uh, but it's pretty profound in terms of the results if you want to go that way. Otherwise, you know, just doing the IGF-1 Plus with Long Jack, that's the basics uh, there. And uh, either way, but it's kind of a cool thing that he sent an extra one so I can give it away. So yep. thank you to Christopher Key for that. Oh, you're in the UK? Yeah, I don't know. That's going to be hard to ship that to the UK. They might be suspicious of it. So let's see what else we got here. Check. I'm hearing like the, the sounds that people are dropping some comments in the uh, chat room. There's Leslie. There's see you tomorrow, Leslie. Yes. I can't yeah. wait. Joni Abbott's going to be on hour two. That's going to be fun. And oh, we didn't hear from Kevin on the details of his his three minute presentation perhaps it's somebody still, got a video yeah, the, the thing is still going on and it's, okay. it's uh i was checking it out there's a, a a link for it okay that you can watch it it's still happening now um so i have to wait until it's over i think before mm -hmm. i can go and i was going to go and grab it for you know grab his his uh comments okay so, so it's i possible. should have that for tomorrow <clears throat> we can play it tomorrow okay that'll be great Yep. I might just call Kev just to get a sneak preview of how it went. Anyway. All right. With that, it's time to go get, go get outside, get some more vitamin D. Look at your pasty white triceps, Super Don. Get out there. Roll up your sleeves. I go outside. I got a farmer's tent. No farmer's tent. You got to roll up the sleeves. Show us your guns. Come Dude, on. Dude, I don't know. Yes. No. no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to do that. You need to intimidate small children. I, I expelled my inner narcissism a long time ago. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> I just—I was just speaking about me. I was okay. saying about you. <laughs> there was nothing passive aggressive there at all. I could feel a little passive aggressivity. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, thanks for tuning in today, guys. Um, yeah. And subscribe, please, to the newsletter. We got that going out every day. And... Do you want to show them the poll results today or not? Oh, Before you know what? Up? I can't. You can't do it? I can show you the, what the question was. Do fathers today play a greater or lesser role in raising their kids than the, their fathers did? So it's a very straightforward question. Uh, greater, lesser, about the same, not sure. And you told me it was almost equally balanced between greater and lesser. Is that right? Let me see if I can grab it real quick here. Okay. Just since, I mean, since you brought it up. We might as well see where things are at here. Yeah. Let's see here. Yeah, for the most of the morning, it was very even. It was split uh -huh. between greater and lesser. Okay. Which, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's okay. The different um, parenting styles. They, you didn't actually, ask which generation was more, but... Yeah, it actually has changed. Let me get over to here. And then to... Oh, man, did I log into the wrong place? I did. 
Uh -oh. All right, so I'll just tell you. Okay. Right now, uh, it is 40% of the people that respond say that fathers today play a greater role okay. in raising their kids than their fathers did. And compare that to 36% saying that fathers today play a lesser role in raising their kids than their fathers did. Okay. So A little bit. I, I mean, that's good. I'm gonna, I am I mean, if, if that's indeed true, I mean, obviously it's just opinion, but... Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Robert? I always ask you that. What do you think? Do you think fathers today play a greater or a lesser role in raising their kids yeah. than their fathers did? You know, I think that the if we look at our dad's generation going back, if they were born in the 1930s or even the 40s, uh, mm -hmm. the, the roles were re really more clearly delineated between the, the, the moms at home. And so you would say they were less engaged on some level. Mm -hmm. And I think that the values have shifted for Gen X parents. I think a little bit more engaged as far as the fathers, right? There's more of a distribution where it's not looked at as a, oh, only the mom does certain things and only dad does certain things. Even though I really appreciate what we call those traditional values. <coughs> I said this when my wife retired to be Dr. Mom mm -hmm. because it was so important as I was out working and traveling that she was, you know, engaged at home so we didn't have to put our kids up for strangers to raise. Uh, but yes, being, being uh, dads today, I see a lot more engagement. But yeah, there's always going to be outliers well, in every and, direction. And, so. and the stereotypes are not the same as they used to be, say, um, mm -hmm. you know, 40, 50 years ago. Yeah. Um, and so there is such a thing as, you know, uh, stay-at-home dads, which you yeah. never saw, you know, way back then. Um, and so, yeah, I think I would tend to agree with you that probably bar, uh, dads are maybe a little bit more engaged now than they used mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. Except when you have those households. They have two working parents, yeah, because mm -hmm. you know of the Putin price hike. Children raised on, well, government, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. All anyway. right, thanks for that. Okay. Uh, Y'all yep. sign up, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow, God willing, less than twenty-two hours from now. Thanks for being here.